0: Welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. So can you guys hear me now? Are we good? Is anybody there? Say something in the chat room. Let me know I'm on. It's been crazy. I've been fighting with the board. All right. If somebody could, I'm pretty sure that that we are going now and we're good. um i'm going to let me do this i'm going to check with michael real quick michael can you hear me now i can
1: hear you clear as a bell now Nyla.
0: have you heard did you hear me before
1: i just now started hearing you when you say that you think everything's good i was messaging you messaging you oh
0: crap okay all right let's so, get started i'm going to mute you back i'll bring you on in a minute okay
1: take your time get all your stuff done
0: <laughs> okay all right you guys, we're gonna do a condensed version of this. We were having some line issues. I am here now. I want to welcome you to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I'm gonna breeze through these announcements. If you'd like to call in, the number is 646-595-3965, 646-595-3965. And if someone can jump over to my Facebook page and just post on there that the show has audio now. So um you know, we've got. I know that we've got line issues, so if you're getting that fast, busy signal, you guys, and you can't get in, then keep trying. If you left because you didn't think we were on tonight, come back. <laughs> Those of you who are online, don't leave because you might not be able to get back on. All right, we're going to see how this goes tonight. So, once again, number to call in, 646-595-3965. I want to take a moment before we get started and welcome you to our first show of may i'm very excited about this very excited about starting a new month with you i'm trying to find my notes i can't find my notes oh good hell (laughs) anyway i want to uh, make sure that i say a happy mother's day to all you moms out there. And we've just come to the end of National Poetry Month. I've been telling up the entries from the show reads and gathering them gathering them off uh, the posts from my Facebook page. And with the help of Christopher Ryan and Jenny Brennerman as our third-party contest officiants, we will be doing that drawing soon. I want to thank all of you who have participated in our National Poetry Month prompt competition prize drawings, all that stuff, and you guys are awesome. Okay, let's just jump right into everything so I can get you guys on the air. It's, uh, I want to make sure, first of all, before anything, that I thank our sponsors. That's important to do. So I want to take a moment and thank all of you who stepped up to the plate this year and helped contribute towards our 2022 sponsor. Uh, broadcasting license sponsor, the sponsors. Oh, I hate it when I do mess up on a show, you know, because then I'm just kind of off the entire time. Take a deep breath. <sighs> okay, let's wait. A minute. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna light an incense. We're gonna take a drink of wine. We're gonna put on my little beret. I'm gonna snap my fingers, and all is right in the world. Okay, so here we go. I want to thank our sponsors. It's really important to make sure that we thank all of you who helped contribute towards our 2022 broadcasting license. Those sponsors are Karen Depth rider DeWitt, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Douglas Curry, George Wiley, Vicki Aqua, Debbie Kelly, Annie tillery Waldo, Timothy Melton, Kevin Kraft, Alana Morris. You guys loved it when I thought I was on the air before I said Alana Morris. That, yeah. So Alana Morris, Ronald P. Bremner, Jade Mist, Todd Carter, Paula Sweet, Lori Binder, and Glenn Combs. I also want to thank all of you who lovingly and anonymously made donations in the memory of John Music Man Kays, our Appalachian poet Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Glenn Still, Charles C.B. Banks, Cherry Rose, King's Cadence, and Rick Smith, the second. So thank you, all of you. We still are taking contributions if you are interested. in, we didn't quite meet our goals, so we are still working on that. If you're interested in contributing, you can contact me on Facebook, uh, and uh, I can tell you how to do that. We have a PayPal set up for the show and a cash App thing set up for the show that you can use. All right, so now with that said, let's uh, – get to our inspiration from the inkwell and Robbie you need to send me that drumroll roll because I don't have it <laughs> so your inspiration from the inkwell mini workshop first thing we're going to start with is your poetry form writing challenge and this week we are looking at the villanelle and it's a real it's a form that I really really love because of the power the repetiting line gives the poem all right the villanelle is a French verse form and it consists of five three Five three-line stanzas and a final quatrain, and the final quatrain is a four-line stanza. Or yeah, four-line stanza. Okay. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six. So there's a total of six verses. The first five are three-line stanzas, and the final is a, a quatrain or four-line stanza. It's important in the villanelle. What is, or this is important. So in the Villanelle, and if I get you lost on this, I'm, I'm very highly recommending that you look this up, how to write a Villanelle on, the, uh, on Google on the Internet, all right, and you'll have the formula in front of you. If I get you lost, don't worry, you can come back after the show's over and listen to the podcast in our archives and start and stop it at your leisure if you want to go through any of this or miss any of this, You know, or you can just Google it and go from there. But the first thing to remember about the Villanelle, is the first and third lines of the first stanza. So the first three lines you write, the first and the third line are going to repeat alternately in the following stanzas and in the final quatrain. All right? It carries a pattern of only two rhymes. The first line and the third line of the poem are the only poem or only lines that rhyme. The rhyme scheme, the magic of this is it organically produces throughout the rest of the poem this amazing rhyme scheme. That the, And it really is like magic when you get done writing it and you read it out loud. It, it's a poem that definitely um, benefits from being heard. All right. So the first and third lines are very important because you'll be using them throughout the rest of the poem. The form is as follows. This is the first stanza, you write line A1, which is your first refrain, line B, and line A2, which is your second refrain. Your next stanza, you write a line A, a line B, and then use line A1 again. You write line A, write B, line B, and write, use A2. And then when you get to the final verse, the sixth verse, you're going to write your AB line and then repeat line A1 and A2 in that order. All right. So if I messed you up on any of this, look up the form. I would encourage you to do that so that it's done correctly and I don't mix you up. And you'll be able to look at it in front of you and it'll make a lot more sense. I'm going to read to you a poem by Sylvia Plath, and it's called Mad Girl's Love Song. Now, when you're Sylvia Plath, you can just do about anything you want. So you'll notice in this version, her villanelle, that more than the two lines rhyme. She's carried the rhyme scheme throughout the other lines in the poem too, which is really pretty. But you have to know the rules before you break the rules, right? So this is her poem. Listen to the first line and the third line and then see how subsequently throughout the poem, they really add a lot of power and depth and magic to this and how she has used them and wove them all together, all right? So Mad Girl's Love Song. I shut my eyes, and all the world drops dead. I left my lids, and all is born again. I think I made you up inside my head. The stars go waltzing out in blue and red. The arbitrary darkness gallops in. I shut my eyes, and all the world is dead. I dreamed that you bewitched me into bed and sung me moonstruck, kissed me quiet insane. I think I made you up inside my head God topples from the sky hell's fires fade exit angels and Satan's men I shut my eyes and the world drops dead I fancied you'd return the way you said but I grow old and I forgot your name I think I made you up inside my head I should have loved a thunderbird instead. At least when spring comes, they roar back again. I shut my eyes, and all the world drops dead. I think I made you up inside my head. And again, that's by Sylvia Plath. Another and probably the most famous example, of course, of a villanelle is Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas. And I would suggest that you read that and maybe some more examples of a Villanelle before you start writing yours. It's actually a very easy form and concept to follow, and it's quite fun to write a Villanelle. And it's exciting to see the magic that happens in the poem with that repetitive line usage. So in a nutshell, the three most important, or actually four most important things to know, three, four. depending on how you look at these. <laughs> the most important things to know about a villanelle is that it consists of five three-line stanzas and a final quatrain, a four-line stanza. The first and third lines of the poem are the only lines that rhyme. You'll be repeating the first and third line throughout the poem, and Google the formula or look at it on my page tomorrow because I will be posting it there as an assignment to explain it again and the repetitive use of those two rhyming lines. So there you go. The villanelle, play with it, have fun with it. All right, I'm going to give you your poetry prompts now. Remember, prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. With that said, the prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in your poem or the general concept of the poem. Beyond these guidelines, what you do with them is up to you. So I want you to number your paper 1 through 12. Number 1, Portraits on Our Soul. And you can change our to my if you want. Portraits on Our slash My Soul. Two, the poet in person. The poet in person. Three, a strange thing happened on its way to sanity. A strange thing happened on the way to sanity. Four, how I want my dog to remember me. Isn't that a fun one? How I want my dog to remember me five unconnecting the dots six the price of a backward glance the price of a backward glance seven a gift to myself number eight the writers song the writers song nine some people just can't take a hint Some people just can't take a hint. Ten, who is Bud Butler? Who is Bud Butler? Eleven, a bucket full of vindication. A bucket full of vindication. And twelve, painted fire. Painted fire. All right? Remember, you can write one poem to each prompt and write 12 different poems. You can write, you do it in haiku form. You may have to cut up some of those sentences to get the the uh, syllable count right, but them into haikus, that's a fun challenge. You can mix and match the lines if you want, and use line 12 and 6 and jump down and grab 9 and then get, get 4 and put all of those in one poem. Or you can get real froggy, rivet, rivet, and write a poem using all twelve lines in one poem. For a further chas- uh, challenge, how about writing a story instead of a poem? Sit down, and write a story using all twelve of those lines in the story. Fit them together somehow. All right. So remember, I said that these prompts are important because you'll be using them in the next exercise as well. All right. Your writing exercise. It's called pick apart a prompt writing exercise, and this is very, very important. I think that you know I have some that we've been going over again and again for quite a while, and we're always going to be doing these because they are one of the single most important things, one of the single most single things, all of, of all the single things I give you. This is one of those m- single one in the many single things <laughs> that is the most important thing you do can do as a writer to help yourself grow. All right, but this really is this is this is. I think it is a writer's essential tool. If you can only carry around a handful of things to help improve you as a writer, this would definitely be at the bottom of the palm in the safest clutch. All right? So your pick-apart-a-prompt exercise shows you that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is far more important than what we write to it. So taking those 12 prompts that I gave you, before you sit down to write a poem to it, what I want you to do is I want you to take the first line or the first prompt in your, and I, write, I want you to write it in your journal and then instead of writing a poem to it, yet, okay, instead of writing a poem, I want you to write at least six different ideas for poems that you could write to that prompt. All right, this exercise helps us get away from that typical knee-jerk reaction and I tested this theory with everyone that I talked to, not everyone, that's probably a lie, I'm exaggerating, but uh, quite a few people, probably five or six different people that I talked to this week, and asked them to tell me what's the, very, what's the first five things that pop in their head when I say the word October. And the first five were all the same things, and the first five all had orange in them. But what happens when you get past that orange? What do you find? What else is October? What could it be? What does it stand for? What other what other things could you do if I said write a poem about October? All right? So take your first prompt and write at least six different poems you could write to that. And you can write your knee-jerk reaction ones, the typical ones. You know, you can write the poem that everybody else is going to write, but who wants to write the poem everyone else is writing? And who wants to be predictable? Not you. I know you don't. None of you do. We're not those poets. We're cool. We're speakeasy poets, right? <laughs> so write at least six. If you want to do more than that, all the better. If you're sitting there and you know you think a week later you think of one, grab your journal and jot it down. That's why it's so important to keep things written, handwritten, instead of, you know, on the computer or on your phone. For God's sakes, paper cuts are an amazing thing. They are the rite of passage. If you don't bleed for your art, you're not going to bleed from your art. Typing on your freaking phone. Go get your paper cuts, people. Get your journals out. Anyway, okay, there's my lecture for the week. When you're done with one, go down to two, three, until you're all the way down to the very bottom, the very last prompt, and you've written at least six different ideas for each of the 12 different prompts. I mean, and really explore the possibilities. For example, okay, let's take number 12. You're all the way down to number 12. Painted fire. Why isn't it real fire? Why is it painted? What is it painted with or on? Is it really paint? Is it spray paint or figure paint or graffiti or blood? Or is it painted with words or a touch, um, a look? Is it painted with a tongue? Ooh, la, la. Maybe actions, right? Who painted it? Why is it fire? What does it mean? What does it stand for? What's his message? Does the fire do harm? Does it destroy, damage, or does it cleanse or heal? Start fresh, rebirth. You know, roll these ideas around in your mind and ask yourself a thousand questions like this while you're looking at these prompts. And any time you sit down to write to anything, literally uh, dissect every meaning out of every facet of these prompts that you can. And I guarantee you will not make it to the end of this exercise without something incredible and different and surprising running away with you. You would not believe the shit inside your head if you guys go looking for it. You'd be shocked. Alright. So once again, these are the twelve prompts for this week which are also in the pick apart of prompts exercise we're using. Both the prompts and the pick apart prompt exercise uses, so keep that in mind. One, portraits on our slash my soul. Two. The poet in person. Three. A strange thing happened on the way to sanity. Number four. How I want my dog to remember me. Five. Unconnecting the dots. Six, the price of a backwards glance. Seven, a gift to myself. Eight, the writer's song. Nine, some people just can't take a hint. Number 10, who is Bud Butler? Number 11, a bucket full of vindication. And number 12, painted fire. So there you go. Have fun with those. Remember, we are focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. Go out every single day and look for 17 syllables. I want every day, I want you to write a haiku poem, three lines, five, seven, five syllable count. Find something in your day worth 17 syllables and jot it down. If it's not 17, you can fix it later, but get those things jotted down. And then remember that I think that is all I'm going to give you for this week. Yep, that's it. That's all we're going to do. We're done. We're done with your inspiration. from thinking, well, I'm not going to go through the rest of this because we're already running it's so late on time. Okay, so that's it, you guys. If you missed anything, listen to the show in the archives. I am going to start the show. We always start and end every episode with an audio track. All right? And I am going to do that this week. And as per My agreement with you guys, because I never read my poetry on the air, the first show of every single month, I have to read a poem or play a poem of mine to start the month on the first show of every month, so I'm going to do that. But a friend of mine, somebody very, very dear to me, um, recorded one of my poems for me, and it absolutely blew my mind because it made me look at my poem with completely different eyes. It, it made it, it. was like seeing something foreign but familiar or looking in a mirror for the first time and seeing your words reflected back to you. You know, it, it was a very surreal, surreal experience. And I absolutely loved him for doing this. And so I'm going to play my poem for this month. I'm going to play Michael Todd, and he is going to read Song of First Breaths, a poem I wrote for my sister Leah. Here we go. <clears throat>
1: Song of First Breaths by Nyla Alicia In the ruins climbing high into the shadow of a naked season we sit, arms and legs dangling, anticipation dripping from our limbs like sugar diamonds melting in rebirth's whispered promise. We wait, watching for the silver albatrosses to awaken and fly into the sun. At first light they go, side by side, screaming twin arrows piercing the horizon. With outstretched arms standing on our toes, bodies humming, we watch for them, poised motionless, until with wings on fire they again spiral past, close enough to the ruins for us to pluck, one each a glowing tail feather. Plummeting straight into the frozen lake, the albatrosses break the ice, awakening the land again. It comes so silently there, but here it vibrates like thunderbolts. The air fills with the song of first breaths, of roots stretching, of sap running, of buds pushing through bark. The notes float like paving stones, and on them we descend, each step echoing laughter in dulcimer tones. By leftover moonlight in the twilight moments, we dance. Apparitional beings of mist and matter swaying this way, dipping that way, brandishing our tail feathers like a paintbrush. We're like wild women, feral and primitive, conducting a silent orchestra, a mysterious alchemy of melody and music, arms flying, fingertips flaming, till the robin breaks the silence, awakened by the worm rolling over and thawing soil. Then you and I, sister, Camouflage behind the tail feathers now nothing but smoky pink wisps hide ourselves inside silhouettes of morning mist cameo faces and clouds wrapped inside the sunrise we watch what was once winter white and frost green overnight transform and as the breeze softly shakes the season awake the first flakes of pink snow flutter like confetti dreams and spring comes to
0: life. That was Michael Todd reading, reading Song of First Breath. And um absolutely love that he did that for me. Thank you so much, Michael. All right, if you have an audio track and you would like to have me play it on the air, all you have to do is... Email it to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, all right? You can get that uploaded to the show's library, and we can play it for the world. All right, so now, do you guys know what time it is? It's time for you guys. (laughs) Thank goodness. All right, so again, the number to call in, if you would like to call in and read tonight, is 646-595-3965. We are having some serious issues with the show right now, so if you are trying to get in and you cannot, uh, please keep trying. It will let you in eventually. If someone can please jump over onto my page and leave a comment letting people know that the show is live now, that that there is audio to the show so that they will know, because I'm sure we lost some people Uh, that we're here in the chat and stuff. In fact, I know we did, that um, we're in the chat room and probably thought we were off air for some reason. We are not. We are on air. All right, and I think we got the chat room back open. I'm kind of stalling because while that track was playing, I absolutely lost everything, and I'm frantically in the background with my calm demeanor talking to you guys, getting it all fixed back up. (laughs) All right, so um, we had James. It doesn't look like James is on the line anymore. We had him on. So this is what you can expect, guys, if you're on hold. We do take callers in the order that you call in. All right, when I bring you on, please introduce yourself. It's really, really important that your name is attached to your work, and people know who's reading. Okay? And then right now you uh, you can read two poems. If I don't get my phone lines back, you can probably read everything you've ever written in your life. So I have a couple things ready. (laughs) All right. So uh, uh, right now you could read two poems. If it gets too busy later and we have to change that, then uh, I'll let you know. When you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL and... That way people can come over and find you and get to know you and your work better. And then remember, we have a mature rating, not an adult rating. So no bumping body parts, no tab A A and a slot B. And that you're good to go. I'm going to get the first caller, we have area code 731. Let's go ahead and get you on the air. Hello, Mr. Michael.
1: Hi, this is the second time I've been on tonight. Don't you remember?
0: (laughs) I do remember.
1: When you were doing the test, you're like, hey, Michael. I said, why aren't you always picking on me?
0: (laughs) Because you're always the first caller.
1: Well, that's good. This has been an exciting day. This has been, well, because Angela woke me up this morning and said, hey, if you just happen to be in the neighborhood, come pick me up for lunch at 11. What that means, come pick her up for lunch at 11. And I did. And we were piddling around about, I said, where do you want to go? She named 10 places. I ignored them all, and I went to Tequila's because I'd never been there, and I've heard good things about it. She said, fancy that. You're pulling into a Mexican restaurant on Cinco de Mayo. Oops. Whoa, that place was <laughs> jam-packed. It was. It was. So it's hopping, and, uh, and everything was great around lunch. And then we had a storm, and a lot of violent winds and booms of thunder and whatever. So after it settled down, uh, Holden and I hopped in the truck to ride across town and we went past this really huge ancient cemetery in Jackson, okay? It's like every town has one and and this one is is like it's really old, okay, mm-hmm. and there's a tree there's a tree that's so big when it came down in the storm, it probably is covering over a hundred graves. Wow, wow.
0: That would give me shiver bumps.
1: I figured that, that just the mental image of that would get you rocking and rolling.
0: You know, on my page, on my Facebook page, there is a album, and I know you've been around long enough to see it, but there's an album of me sitting. I'm wearing a Victorian dress, and I'm way up high up in a oak tree sitting in the branches. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: That's right. You climbed it. you yeah, re- barefooted.
0: Really funny because... That was, if you look at some of the photos, you can tell how windy it was. It was absolutely violently windy. Like people didn't want me up in that tree. It was so windy. Super, I mean, insane wind. I can't even, I can't even use, I can't, I, I'm a writer, but I can't even think of the word to describe how gale force this wind was blowing that day. And I was up in a giant oak tree in a graveyard. And so when you said that right now, it absolutely put me in that tree. And I could feel that wind and that storm and that, that mist stinging on my face. It was, the wind was blowing so hard it was making the mist sting my face when it hit it like little needles up in that oak tree in the graveyard above graves.
1: Well, my work is done.
0: Yeah, I'm, you just took me to one of my happiest places. I never wanted to come out. Of the, I had to pull my SUV under the tree, and then we took a ladder and took it up to the branch so I could even get up in the tree. So I was really high up there, right? And I never wanted to come uh, down. They kept telling me it was time to come down. But I was modeling, and so I was I would, like, move another way, and someone would say, oh, they would take a picture. And so they, even though they were trying to coax me to down, I would keep moving and posing and trying to stall, you know, or look in an interesting position so that they wouldn't make me come down yet. It was so, oh, my God. Thank you. I'm I'm in a really happy place right now, In that behind the wind, hear in it. Yeah. yeah. Own you. You do own me. You own my this soul. This is poetry. Okay. This
1: is poetry. Here's a poem I wrote in 2008, and it's called <clears throat> "Results May Vary." By Michael McLeod. Opportunity knocks. No chance he will be caught. Should he take the opportunity and. Fire the shot. A moment of truth. No time for opinion sought. Where are the lessons of fair play once taught? Bloodhound on his trail. Just an afterthought. The thought of that should make him distraught. The license was for ducks, not geese he bought. Would the judge buy that he conveniently forgot? Let that goose fly back to Canada or not. Unshoulder that gun or squeeze off big shot. For an instant, his stomach is tied in a knot, the blink of an eye, not much time, not a lot, turns out what was coming to him not wrong. His gun was not loaded. This round was for naught. Those hard legal battles will never be fought in the future. Best think, not be on autopilot n p
0: Wow so where where how did that hit you what What tripped you when you started writing that one?
1: What tripped me?
0: Mhm.
1: I was uh I was uh I was in a Shel Shell Silverstein mood. <laughs> no, honest. Honest, that was exactly what happened. If you don't know who Shell Silverstein is, you probably should do a little digging. He wrote the greatest poem in the history of the world.
0: And what is that poem?
1: It's called, Lula, oh, it's, well, I'm sorry, it's from the Lullabies, Legends, and Lies. The name of it is called Rosalie's Good Eats Cafe. Bobby Bear, in 1973, pared it down, used only one-third of the poem to record the song Rosalie's Good Eats Cafe, and it's eight minutes and ten seconds long. To sing the entire song, As a song, would take 25 minutes to sing.
0: I've got that written down. I will be Googling it as soon as I get off the air tonight.
1: You do that, and and, uh, yeah. There you go. If you want to, go to YouTube and look up Bobby Bear recording of it. It'll kind of get the melody in your head. It'll help you read it, because it's a little difficult to read. It shows things like greatest writer in the history of the world ever now he's the guy that wrote where well, the sidewalk ends
0: you know it's so weird have you ever heard the saying Sam, where in Sam Hell?" am I yeah okay so you talk about where the pavement ends and I mm-hmm. went and found the town. I'll tell you the history sometime. I'm going to, well, actually, we don't have any callers on the line. We've got Bob on here with us, I believe. But that's all, those are the only lines I have coming into the show right now. We are skeletal on our line usage. Normally we have 200 lines on the show, but right now nobody's able to get in. So if you guys are getting that fast, busy signal, just hang tight. Keep trying. They're working on the lines, I know. So I've got time to tell you the story. You want to hear the story? Please. So along the Columbia River Gorge, which which is almost an impassable, nightmare, hellish thing that people had to endure when they were coming across on the Oregon Trail, coming to Oregon, but it's a a huge gorge that was gouged into the earth during the Ice Age when the Missoula uh, Ice Dam broke. It's up near Missoula, Montana, is why it's named that. And the Missoula floods happened, and they were so intense that the floodwaters... Went from Missoula all the way to the ocean, and violently dragged these icebergs down and just totally ripped up the earth. It's insane, but it's a beautiful place, right? So Sam Hill was a Victorian developer. He did all kinds. Of, he did a bunch of statues in uh, in. Paris. So when you go over to Paris and you see a bunch of stuff over there, the road plans, all that stuff, he did so much of that. He was one of the first people to ever um, do paved roads, right? Well, he decided, he came to Oregon, he found this place and he named it Mary Hill after his wife and he was going to create this beautiful place and have all, he kept sending back east to his, you know, very well-to-do friends and he was very well-to-do and very, you know, high up politically and he was going to create this beautiful utopia in Oregon, at Mary Hill, and he believed so much in it that he built the city before anyone ever came. He built his wife, this incredible, incredible mansion, and then built the entire town, the, the houses that he built, the post office, he built the stores, he built everything. He built all the roads. It was the very first place in Oregon. It was the West, I'm not sure, that had electric streetlights, that had water irrigation on the streets. He had these big clay uh, water uh, dispersing system throughout the entire town to carry the, the rainwater away. So it was the first irrigation system on a roadway ever. He just he built his perfect town, and then it burnt down. And nobody oh, came. And it burnt down. It was all wood. Except for the home he built for his wife, which was made out of stone, it's still there. It's now an art museum. But I love that place. He did a he did a war memorial, for that looks like um, uh, it looks like Stonehenge. He built this war memorial up there, so you can go sit up on the top of Clumber Gorge on the cliffs, at this little miniature. You know, it's just, it's incredible what he did, but. He was most famous for designing the Columbia River Gorge Highway and all over the world for designing these beautiful, beautiful scenic roads with a lot of natural rockways and bridges and, and, and you know, side rails and things, just building incredible roads. And so I went to his town, and you can't really see where it is anymore except for every, you know, once in a while you'll see this clay tubing sticking up out of the ground. The clay irrigation pipes, you'll find that lying around. Or you'll see chunks of concrete that are or not, asphalt still there from his roadways. And this sits way up on a cliff. And so I took off, and I was trying to find the first road, his road, the road that connected him to the river, which had to go down this hill. So I looked where the hill had to have been, and I found his road that went from where his dock was going to be all the way up the hill to where his town was, to get to his town, and there had been a landslide, and the road had broke off and was swallowed back into the earth, and there was no more sign of that road at all once you went so far down and so I was standing right at the edge of the pavement where the pavement end. I was standing right there, and then below me was more cliff and dirt and then the river, and it was like it, it was it was literally standing where the pavement ends on this guy's dream. It was crazy. It was amazing. You're taking me all these places. Stop it.
2: That's a nice
1: I'm place. I'm done now.
0: That was my story. It's a good place. Mm-hmm. I wish I could show it to you. I think that you would appreciate standing where the pavement literally ends.
1: i got something for you to do.
0: What do you have for me to do?
1: I think that you should consider idioms.
0: And why is that?
1: Well, just do it. See what comes of it. I think you would really enjoy that.
0: Okay. I will.
1: Or it will just be water under the bridge.
2: So I know, water under the grid.
0: so explain to me.
1: Like where in Sam Hill was the place you were talking about? At that point, Sam Hill was an idiom. hmm I'm I trying told
0: to them. think how
1: I would do that. Now you heard my brain. I told my daughter recently we all got together for a holiday in her house. And I said, we should get you a plaque made to go in your kitchen that says that says uh, Cox's Army Ate Here. <laughs> you got that, didn't you?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of people in your audience got that immediately. For those that didn't get it, it's an idiom. Many of us, especially in the South, looking at a big spread on the table why, there's enough food here to feed Cox's army. Who's Cox? Who's his army? Would we even want him in our house? Why would we shoot him? We don't know. It's just an accepted idiom. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll let's think about
0: that. Let's go, let's
1: go back let's go back to poetry, okay?
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I used to have a girlfriend before she fired me. Her name was Sally Dupas. You have played audio tracks from Sally Dupas on your radio show. Mm-hmm. She lived in Brussels. If you don't remember, I'll remember her enough for the both of us. She's I don't a think they're person. still
0: on. The, I don't think they're still in the library. If you, if you don't play them very as often, they end up cycling off. And I have to reactivate them, so I'm going to have to go find them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, she's a she's a brilliant writer, and a great person. I loved her to death. I really did. Just one day, <clears throat> she just disappeared. Dude, they all did. I could I could show you things on my space that have people's names on there, and there would be like a hundred names, and I only know where two or three of them are now. I don't know how they did. But you
0: know, what's really funny though, Michael. Is you probably know a couple of them, but do not know that that's who they were on Facebook or on MySpace.
1: Maybe. Mhm. And I know that
0: I know for a fact that that's happened with me. Well, I did not realize I was speaking to Turtle this whole time.
1: Well, this is <clears throat> this is about Sally and a mouse who lived at her house named Quentin title of this is Quentin and Sally, A Mouse Tale by Michael Todd. My name is Quentin, a mouse who hails from Brussels, a good mouse worth his salt, never afraid to hustle. I reside in a house owned by a lady named Sally, her stated goal in life is to make me her latest tally, to hear her you'd think I'd eat her out of home and house, seriously, how much can it cost to feed one little mouse? She baits her traps with peanut butter, cheap and creamy. For a last meal, how about some nuts? It would be dreamy. I'm not about to fall for that trap with its rusty spring. A veteran of domestic wars, dodging all the arrows she slings. Oh, but when she Iron go what a glorious treat. Especially when the syrup's hot, nothing I'd rather eat. Then there was the night of the chuzzles. Hut me about drunk, shucking and jiving her frantic swats. Sally shows spunk. Oh, speaking of the devil, she's now entering the room. Just my luck, armed and dangerous, wielding her trusty broom. Tripping and stumbling, she chases. Why does she even try? Would be better served if she'd straddle and use it to fly. If she took time to get to know me, response would be heartfelt. She'd hang me as an ornament on that yard sale tree in herself. I heard today's her birthday, calling a truce, showing respect. I have to admit I feel special. She never shows me neglect. I'll give her space so she can feel secure, maybe go to town. She could have a nice dinner, not feeling she has to look down. You know that girl loves to shop for clothes and shoes and stuff. She's quite the dresser though she looks pretty good in the buff. There was this time she spent a Saturday, never left the mall. Not even a kiosk eluded her. She stuck her nose in every stall. With snow on the ground, she found the funkiest boots ever seen. Coughing us up, she took steps too swift. In she screamed. Lost her balance, busted her butt, leaving her unconscious there. If she ever found it was me licking her face, that woke her. <laughs> that was the night the Dutchman came to visit and past the day. She told him about me not speaking nice and said I was in her way. I left the room and returned, got the fright of my life when the Dutchman raised the name, Sally said, Now shoot him! Turns out he was holding a camera, was a picture-taking fellow. The most embarrassing moment as I ran and left the trail of yellow. I can still hear her laughing. Look at Quentin. Run, run, run. Gonna kill you, boy, with kindness. The fun's just begun. Even Caesar could not have conquered me back in the day. Nine lives is just a starting place. Always seem to get away. Now I tremble with fear. Nervously shake as only a mouse will do. Not able to play mind games with the crazy... My plans all askew. I'm packing my bags, moving away to Rocco Forte Hotel Amigo, leaving her to fend for herself with her photography bow. All things considered, I like the thought of being a museum piece. Theirs is a perfect European Union. I will leave them in peace. Just one last mention Arnold and Dillon, both cousins of mine. I sent him a message of this great place to crash and dine. They'll be here soon, while I will be a relic from her past, snickering as I go. You know what they say about he who laughs last. In poem.
0: Funky Biz. How about that? That was incredible. It was fun. That was beautiful. It was. So, did she really have a mouse?
2: Yes.
1: And it really was her birthday. She didn't is like it her birthday mouse. today. Oh, I had no idea. I don't know what her birthday oh. is. Sorry.
3: Can't keep up.
0: <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you had known. Because
1: that's just who you are. Oh, I could probably dig back and figure it out, but right now I can't. A lot of this stuff is coming because at home, I'll, as I've unearthed old things that I wrote, i emailed them to someplace else that has a printer. I'm trying to print some of the stuff off. So as I'm doing that, I'm building up a stack here at the office. So when I talk to you, I've got some things to do. I'll read. have
0: to look in my emails and stuff like that because maybe I have something you don't have saved.
1: Well, go for it.
0: Yeah. So are you at work I, right now? Uh, I am. Oh. hmm So do you have like the book well, factory shut down so me. you can read?
1: Well no, I'm um this is my lunch. My dinner.
0: Okay. I was gonna see if you wanted to hang out and host for a while, but if you're working, Mm. that's probably not a good idea, huh?
1: Working. I can read stuff as long as you need, but otherwise I've got to get stuff done. It's late as much as I'm on the show, I'll have to work that much later.
0: Well, why don't you tell everyone how to find you and then I'm gonna put you on hold and because we are having line issues, I reserve the right to bring you back at any time. So have something ready? that okay. be fine. All right, go ahead and tell people how to find you. Oh
1: right, I have a blog. I have a blog spot page. It's Mike Todd dot blogspot dot com. It's M Y K E T O D D. Mike Todd dot blogspot dot com. Um, M with a w that's Mike with a Y. One time you told people that you hey, y'all you spell Mike with an M and I thought, Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm so glad you love me.
1: <laughs> I do, I do really. I do. I was gonna go look. It. I want that picture. I want that picture of you in the
0: tree. I've got I, it I, somewhere. I'll tag you in it, or I'll post it as that my. I'll post it as my my profile page or some profile picture for a while maybe.
1: I remember it well. I mean, I probably got it. I um, I probably got more pictures of you than you realize. I'm a fanboy
0: you 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 are my love, that's what you are, sir. Exactly. go for it. okay mute me. all right if I need to bring you back on I'll just give you I'll give you a heads up, but I'll give you a yell, I'll bring you back on okay okay all right thank you
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right, let's go ahead and grab Mr. Bob at area code five one nine are you there, my darling?
2: Oh,
4: I am indeed my love.
0: Welcome to the show, sir. I, it is an honor to have you here.
4: Thank you very much. It's an honor to be on. Uh, first of all, I'll just let you know, I sent you an email or a message, rather, asking where you were. When you, I couldn't get any, all I could hear was crackling.
0: Uh, anyway, yeah.
4: first of all, the one that you asked me for, and you know who it's about, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's called A Wannabe, okay? Megan said, hey, look at me. I got married into royalty. I married a prince I can control. Starting from the day, his heart I stole. I succeeded in my plan, everyone to deceive, having always planned England to leave. And I really got away with that, too, as that was always my plan to do. I had it all planned from the start. As a wannabe actress, I played a part. I only married Harry, you see, to make me more than a wannabe. And that was written in September 27, 2020.
0: Wow. All right, tell everyone the story with that one, hon. Sorry? Tell everyone the story with that
4: one. Uh, That's about um, uh, Megan and Harry, the prince that they decided to making their money in uh, the States. You know that they, one
0: Mhm.
2: Oh yeah.
4: Okay. That's basically what that one is. Okay. <laughs> I have I've a got, I
0: have a fascination with the royal family for sure.
4: Yeah, they're nice people. I I've seen the Queen up close. When she
0: passed me once going into she was going
4: into Hyde Park and I was standing at the gate and she waved at me as she'd go by. I was the only one there. So. Do you want to
0: know something really funny? A, a very you can look this up and and there you can read about it. The Queen of England isn't actually the rightful queen. Did you know that? No. That back like three queens kings ago, something strange happened, and the person who was supposed to come to the throne didn't. Oh. And they manipulated it so that the other king came to the throne. So if you were to actually follow the line of succession, as it's written and needs to be followed, the actual king of England lives in Texas and is a labor worker.
4: Really? hmm my wife is sitting here laughing because she's from England.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. You know, they they did they did some little, you know, slide of hand, you know, smoke and mirror parlor trick that messed up the line of succession. And it didn't go the way that it is. If you were to follow it letter by letter, as it is written, this is how succession goes. The actual king of England lives in Texas.
4: Huh. that's amazing. But thank anyway. gosh we've
0: had this queen. You know, God loved the queen
4: you're right i i do i I sent her a happy birthday even when it was her birthday the other day. Well,
0: she's anyway. one one absolutely one class act you know another bit of trivia oh.
4: yeah i got I got one here that oh. is sort of, me- you the of oh good tell me another bit of trivia go ahead
0: the Queen of England has never used a public bathroom has never gone to the bathroom in public no no. She was trained as an early child, very early child, they are trained to hold it, literally to hold it. Boy. And because of that, she's been plagued with a series of bladder infections and things like that throughout her her whole life. But the Queen of England has never been seen using a restroom in public, ever.
4: Well, to you, my mind, she already ever left the uh, uh, palace to go on a private trip or privately anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: But this is from a very young age when she first became queen. You know, what was she, eight, 17, 18?
4: 17? Uh, no, she was 25.
0: Oh, well, that's almost 17. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 28 years out, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how those women lie about her ages? Of course. I was 17. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, my wife's
4: sitting here telling me 25, 25. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, she was real young.
0: So, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent.
4: No, go on. Is there anything else you want to say? I can hold on. I'm in a hurry.
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's it on my, my England trivia for the day.
2: <laughs>
4: okay. By the way, um I, I'm i sorry I can't follow your prompts. At my age, I guess I'm allowed not to be able to understand things.
2: So I just wanted
4: <laughs> to let you know. I'm sorry I couldn't even enter your poetry contest because I, I had no way of knowing how to do it or, how, you know what. So anyway, uh, this is called Don't Listen, Just Do, okay? Why are so many lying by continually denying, telling us there is no pandemic or only flu, who the heck is fooling who? I think they truly believe, belief, but only themselves do they deceive. Because of this belief, they cause so many others grief. So go and get your shots right away to keep yourself in safe today. And I wrote that on January 9, 2022.
0: Wow. Well. When when the world changed, right?
4: Yeah, when the world changed, I changed with it. I can tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: did you want another little comedy one? Of course. Oh, I I know you said two, so I didn't want to.
0: Years are really short, so I, you please do a third one. And we've we okay. don't have lines coming in right now. We've got I only have five of live coming into the studio, so I'm just gonna have to jump you guys around some. So please okay. go ahead. Okay.
4: No problem. This one's called Jack Spade. Jack Spade was always working. Sometimes he was sworn at, and sometimes he was pray. Sometimes he was his subject to a raise. He's always being shuffled around. He never knew where he would be. Sometimes he would be in just the right place. Never being, never being to stop for a rest. Boy, I can't that it. Tonight, huh? But I'm so he lived in a cardboard box and when not working when people most always wanted him there. But when he worked he didn't he did not come. He sometimes did not come. Sorry, I'm really messing it up. I bet you wonder what he did. So now I'll let you in on that. You see he was in a pack of cards and was known as the Jack of Spades. That was written in, 19, in 2016.
0: Wow. <laughs> that was amazing, Bob.
4: Hey Bob, what's it? your wife's name? Joy.
0: She Joy? Well, let hey, me hello. talk to Joy for a minute.
4: She sure, wants to speak to you
0: for a minute. Uh,
3: hello there.
0: Hi, Joey. How are you?
3: I'm very well, thank you. And you...
0: I am doing wonderful. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I'm really glad that, you know, Bob and you are now part of our family. I just want to let you know that and that he calls and shares and reads with us his poetry. I appreciate you sitting there in the background and encourage him. Do you write as well? No, I don't. I just
3: listen when he writes. Has
0: has Bob, how long have you guys been married? Uh, Fifty years come October. Wow. Wow. And uh, was he a writer? Did he write when you met him? Yes. So tell yes. me, Joy, what it has been like all these years, 50-some years, being married to a poet. How do you think him being a poet has affected your guys' lives or who uh, he is?
3: Not at all, not at all. That's just a, a small spare time hobby. Yeah. So when he. You know, when he stays up at night or something, like that he
0: writes. So, do you think that it's made him more romantic than the other boys that that didn't catch your eye? Oh yes, yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah, he's so a very romantic. Bob had some game.
0: <laughs> Did he write you love poems when you met? Pun. Did he write you love poems when he met when you guys met?
3: No, he didn't.
0: Yes, I didn't. Bob.
3: Oh, no, you didn't Didn't I? No. He's <laughs> saying when we left times When we, he proposed He didn't have time He proposed on our second date
0: On your second date, really? Yeah Wow, yeah. I really want to hear this story now <laughs> Where'd you guys meet?
3: <laughs> Where'd you we meet him, Joy? Time. I am him at a dance and we and load of us went out for coffee after. And I he wanted talking to my friend. I thought he was interested in my friend. And then he said, "I've got a boat booked on the Thames. We're going for a week on a boat. Uh, on just you know going on the Thames in London, England." Anybody want to come with? I've got a spare booth. And I said to my friend, huh, rich American. Do you think we're going to fall for that? Because <laughs> I was already engaged and so
0: I went. <laughs> uh, you guys have to write your love story. <laughs> that would be something. Joy, I it? want you to write me what it was. I want you to write me a love story about you guys meeting. How you met. Not me, not me. Just write a story. It doesn't have to be a poem. I just want you to write down how you met for me. All right? I'm not saying you have to do anything with it. I just want you to write it. And I want Bob to write the girl he met. How old were you when he, you met him? Um,
3: 1972.
0: Okay. I want him to write you a poem I want him to write a poem to the girl he met in 72. Uh, I want you to write your wife that love letter, okay, Bob? Okay, I'll try. I want you to write your girlfriend that love poem, that love poem, yeah.
3: (laughs) Anyway, it's nice talking to you.
0: It's good talking to you, Joy. Put Bob back on for me, if you would, honey. Here I am. Hi, Bob. Uh, Thank you for letting us talk to your beautiful bride.
4: Thank you very much. I after mean, after after 50 years, I'm getting used to her. <laughs> um,
2: yeah.
4: I was going to tell you, um, I'll tell you the secret of, a, of a, a very good way to have a good marriage. Okay?
3: Okay. Don't
4: you anything I want approval. approve of? Well, she'll approve of this. Uh, if you, when you go to bed at night... I always tell each other you love yourself, you love each other, and then I do a little two-line, three-line poem for her every night about, her, about how I love her.
0: Do you really? Yep. Oh, my heart just fluttered. It just went. <laughs> <laughs> That's so okay. sweet.
4: Okay. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you. And we get time for another one.
0: Um, go ahead and do one more, and then we've got Todd coming up next.
4: Okay. This is called Do You Remember? Do you remember the old drive-in show where with your girlfriend or boyfriend you did go, hugging and kissing in the front seat there, what the movie was, you really didn't, didn't care, uh, and shopping at Woolworths, five and Dime, a good place to just pass the time, or off to an A&W where you two drove in? Do you remember that is where you had been? Do you remember the Vaudeville show where in the theater you did go? So so many places I could write about that would bring back memories, I have no doubt. But that is all I now I'll write. So I'll wish you all a good night.
0: (laughs) 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 What a beautiful way. To top off your segment
4: Yeah, okay And, and I I I always do a little Note underneath it And this one says About about other things With memories that will make you Laugh or cry I'll do it again when my pen, If my pen doesn't run dry Anyway, that's it For for mine If you want me back, I'll be staying on to your all
0: Okay, do you want me to just put you back on hold then?
4: Sure Please do. All right, Bob. Okay. See you awesome.
0: later. And thank you again for coming on with me, Joy. I appreciate you letting me put you on the spot like that.
3: You're very welcome.
0: <laughs> All right. What an absolute delight. Joy is just a charm. All right. Our next caller, Todd315, come here. Get over here. Get over here. Am I asked? You are on.
5: Well, you know, I love all your props. You know that. You put this one up of three seagulls, and this is where it took me.
0: I took that picture, by the way, just so you know.
5: Did you really take that picture? Yeah,
0: that's mine. Yeah,
5: that's you, my picture. You're very talented. You're very talented. That was an awesome picture. I, when I we're done, that.
0: I'll tell you the story about how I took that picture. Okay. Okay. And I'm
5: sure you've read the story of uh, Livingston's you know, Seagull a long time ago in school.
0: (laughs) No, I've never read that, actually. You never read it? You really never read that? Uh -uh.
5: Okay. Well, it's called Livingston Seagull. Livingston Seagull flew like an eagle. High above the misty clouds he soared, feeling legal. Livingston wanted more than a station. Daily building, a deep frustration. His family and friends tried to clip his wings. He had no time for such childish things. One day, he just left the daily mundane formation. He kept on flying, filled with elation. Come back, Livingston, his flock cried out. Livingston never looked back, his heart keeps out. He flew away, never looking back. He flapped his wings brisk- briskly, beyond the ducks as they quacked. Higher and higher, higher he soared. He left behind, his limiting shore. Years have passed since he flew the poop first high on a mountain stoop. His heart grew heavy after so many years alone, but Livingston refused to go home. One day, while flying beyond what was possible for a gull, Livingston saw a beauty who was flying without so much as a lull, zigging and zagging to and fro. A most beautiful sheba, he had to know. Livingston knew right then and there that she was the one, so he chased and chased until she was suddenly done. One day after weeks of fun, he saw her egg where the night before there was none. A month and a half later, from that egg emerged a new son. Livingston was so proud that he bobbed and strutted and loudly cackled, just like the elation of the day, his own apprehension he tackled. His newborn son would never be shackled. He taught his son how to flap faster, lessons in life that soon he would master. With each lesson, his son flew much higher. No limits," said he, will my son fail to aspire. This is a new chapter in the life of Williamson Siegel, and his family of dos. fly high as the evils. And Paul.:
0: Kudos on that. That was awesome. I do know about the story, though I've never read the book, and that was phenomenal.
5: Well, I thank you very much.:
0: You are very, very welcome. I'm glad that I posted that and I'm glad that poem now exists.
5: Yeah, I've been so, getting a lot of what's motiv- that? I've been getting a lot of I've been getting a lot of motivations from your you know, from your prompts lately.
0: I'm glad. That makes me so happy. You know, I sometimes I sit here and wonder if, you know, I, I work on this stuff and do this stuff, and it's like, is anyone even paying attention? And then every once in well, a while, I found out you know, somebody is, and I get pay. so excited.
5: <laughs> well, sometimes I wonder if you're paying attention because, you know, because sometimes <laughs> yeah, I don't with even only see getting long online
0: long. once a week, it's really hard. I and mean, with my with yeah, everything I, that I do, I just that's all, that's it's really hard. It's like, where is she? Where is she? Oh, there she is. There where is she? Where is she? There she is. It's like, you know, yeah.
2: But,
5: you, say but you're I am
0: here.
5: you said you were going to tell the story about the picture.
0: The picture, yes. So a friend of mine, Rick Clark and I, took off. We went over to the beach with a friend of his and we went to a wildlife preserve and we saw this really cool barn and we stopped and talked to this lady asked her if we could take pictures in her barn and she said yes and it was like a little old house and really old barn and and um, you know, we asked her about the barn and she said that you know, it was made all of wood from a shipwreck, that two miles down the beach, a ship had, there had been a storm and the ship had wrecked and all the lumber was coming on. And so all the men would take their horses and wagons and stuff and they were going down there and salvaging wood. And that's how they built that barn. And she was showing me all the different things on the wood that were fingerprints that it was once a ship. And then she said, you know, if you go into town, you'll see the cafe and the restaurant and the post office, those, and a couple of the houses, those are all also built from the ship's wood.
2: Right.
0: Isn't that that's crazy? Awesome. So that that was really yeah. cool. And So
6: yeah, then we go down cool. to the
0: beach and we want to take pictures. And there's seagulls everywhere. And we're trying to get pictures of seagulls, but they want, you know, their people are behind them or whatever. And so right. I went into a restaurant and I bought a whole bunch of crackers from them. And... I sat there you love crackers? <laughs> Yeah, I sat there on the ground. I kind of laid on the ground on my tummy, and I kept throwing crackers up in the air. And I'm sitting there with my camera, and I'm throwing crackers up in the air, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I didn't expect this, but all of a sudden, instead of just the seagulls I was trying to get to land in front of me to take that picture, oh, yeah, there, there were <laughs> probably 50 seagulls. It was like Alfred oh, Hitchcock yeah. the birds. And I'm laying oh, yeah. there on my yeah, tummy yeah. with all these seagulls Diving down and pecking around me, trying to find these cracker bits that I threw, and it was—it was so scary. I can't even tell you. But
5: that's well, when I, I took that in, picture. I live, in, I live in New York State, and and I used to—I grew up in Geneva, New York, and we had Seneca Lake, and that was the biggest gripe. We were all out partying on the boats. Don't anybody bring out any food because next thing you know, there's hundreds of them around.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> it was um, crazy.
5: I was gonna read another one but I, you know, I don't I don't think I read this here before. I may have last year but It doesn't
0: matter if you have because there's people listening now and people are gonna hear this archive ten years from now that didn't hear it before. So everything's right, new, even well, if you read it back to back.
5: All right. Well this is dedicate this is dedicated to all of us. And you know what I'm talking about. All us poets, all us writers. Okay. It's called the poet. I used to post poetry and prose and then check it every 10 minutes while hoping I was getting known. If I only got a few comments, I'd inwardly bemoan. What the F do these people have to be shown? Can I not set these words, these magic seeds I've sown? Look at me. I'm a rising star. I'm setting the bar. By next year, I'll be a poet star. Delusional thinking, I now know. It takes a long time to learn timing, meter, and flow. What I really discovered, though, through patience and time was that poetry isn't always about making a name or garnering fame, and the truth is if you're in it for money, then find another game. Poetry for me is more about making a deep connection, creating a complex mystery that begs your detection. Sometimes metaphorically, leaving some misdirection is decipher its meaning and deep reflection. It's not about collecting some fleeting affection. Sure, the affection is nice. Who doesn't love legs? Until the adulation becomes a vice, not unlike Hawaiian ice, getting high on yourself and you're out of your are out vice. It's not always about reaching the masses. Sometimes it's about uplifting that one lonely soul that everyone passes without so much as a high as they skip on by As that person choked back tears when they just needed a shoulder for absorbing a cry. Poetry for me should help people think with our voice or our ink, creating a soulful ink. A mysterious pool from which anyone can drink. Uplifting one's spirits when they want to shrink. Perhaps keeping one clean when their life's on the brink. Poetry, for me, is a lonely endeavor. I can't always be clever. There's no magic lever to create magic whenever. More than my share get tossed to the land of the never. Like bits of my soul to to reveal feels like they've been severed. I write to purge. It's not just an urge not just an exercise of verbal splurge. If I keep my emotions internal, they become infernal, like hot magma released, becoming external. I prefer that purge so I don't have to journal, so I don't explode like a popcorn kernel. What a more fucked-up world this would be in a world without poetry. Who would describe the magic of illuminated, shimmering waves, the soothing swish of ebb and flow beneath an iridescent moon in which two lovers bathe? as you're suddenly drawn into the mist and the magic of a secluded island cave. And when I read yours, I discover these are things that I crave. Who would decipher the mystical message written on a haunting forest wind, whistling through pristine pines that would be otherwise hid, like a box filled with jewels where you, the poet, unlocks the lid. The poet brings these surreal images, complex feelings to life. Sometimes with the precision of a surgeon's knife, that cuts deep to the soul through a mode of spoken word or the revealing truths that we that we write. The poet though isn't just a writer. The poet is a fighter, an emotional igniter. Using soulful expression and words as the lighter. The poet has lived these things, felt them deeply, like the craggy-voiced musicians who've lived their blues, proud of their beat-up guitar and their well-worn shoes. The poet has experienced their intricate puzzle-like passages they lay out for you with thought-provoking hues and hopes to be viewed. Even though they're oftentimes misconstrued, sometimes writing is an out-of-control fire that fills us with ire that literally makes us perspire with the note-bending tension of a hitchcock, suspense soundtracks, piano wire, hungry for more, where the fear becomes desire. The poet takes us out on the edge of a skyscraper's ledge, sometimes splitting our mind with a literary wedge. The poet can bring out the torrid passions of two lovers and breathless climax on a sweltering hot summer night. Describe the thrilling sensation of a lover's sensual bite. Make you long for the alluring succubus dressed in white just before she takes your life. More than ever, this world needs the poets. Many people are sitting in isolation, all alone and filled with frustration, feeling like their lives have little meaning, suffering from financial pain. Then they watch the news and everybody's screaming, their brains shutting down from all the screaming. It's up to all the poets to bring back the meaning and poems.
0: You know, the entire—that was a fantastic. Right, the entire time you were reading that, I was picturing in my mind, you were like Morgan Freeman, right?
2: <laughs> That's a of, You're like Morgan Freeman,
0: and you're you're narrating this this documentary, right? And the whole thing, the film going on behind you, is a series of still gra- still still uh, photography. Um, like stop animation images, little tiny film clips, like you know you'd see the the, but but done roughly, you know the the flicker of the film showing yeah. you the film clips behind you, you know so it's like a, this this rough on the street documentary of this the following the step by step through images in mixed media. The stuff. I mean, I wish, I wish that I could find somebody to work with you and, and actually make that video happen because it would be incredible to that piece.
5: Well, you know that's very flattery coming from you because you know you know how much respect I have for you. Oh,
0: thank you. I, thank love you, love you. Too. <laughs> I love you. You're too such an great. awesome person. And, and thank you, you know, by I the way, too, real quick. Thank all you all for well. being one of the show's sponsors this year. You're really appreciate that.
5: Of course, I mean poetry can't die, and and you know we need an outlet, and this is an awesome outlet. You know,
0: so. <laughs> I think so. I think you guys have done amazing building this. So what else do you have, my darling?
5: You want me to read another novel? Of course, please. Okay, all on
4: once. Just give me,
5: just give me one second here. Um, trying to think of something I didn't read on here. Did I read smoke? Oh, no, I didn't read this one. Okay. I don't think I did. You you put up this line that was, to me, it was amazing. about called smoking, smoking of a Vapor Dream. I don't know if I read this or not, but here we go. I felt my muscles stiffen. Paralyzed as my rim spits out, spins out wildly behind my sealed tight lids. Fighting to break out. I can't move. Glued to the bed on a human fly strip. The elevator makes its descent. Part of me wants to escape my paralysis, but part of me awaits the ride. When the Sandman makes his presence known, there is no place you can hide. I am suddenly standing next to the bank of a river. His boisterous fries and crickets drown out the shrill shrieks of the den of foxes. A piercing sound overshadows the and ringing. Not unlike a baby's cry, to say I feel an all-consuming apprehension would surely not be a lie. My feet are planted firmly on the bank as the crisp night air sends chills on my frozen spine. Or perhaps it was the rustling bushes not ten feet away, but my neck feels like a stiff steel column. Of all the prayers I could have dwelt on, I prayed for extra eyes behind my head, convinced that without them, soon I will be dead. A mysterious dense fog moved slowly towards me, like the reluctant ghosts of Washington's regiment, slowly advancing on the Potomac. In tattered uniforms, bulletless guns, with only the benefits of the fire's concealment, death feeling imminent and almost welcome in my defenseless frozen state. If my feet can't make a new footprint, I fear it may be too late. My mind twists and squirms, fighting to break free, but my body remains frozen, and still my rear-facing eyes have not arrived. I convince myself that without them, I won't get out alive. Why the F can't I move? Why the F can't my now conjoined together lips separate? And what the F am I doing in a pitch black forest whose only light is a mysterious clouded view? The eerie dense fog, a chilling reminder of the boatman always gets his due. I feel the presence of two otherworldly beings draped in hoods as each one grips my arms. I can't blink. I can't speak or think as they wading into the waiting, empty boat still concealed by the mist. And then it hit me like a sledgehammer, as each entity produced a quarter, and ceremoniously placed them on my dead-looking eyes. Surely now, I'm going to die. Wake up! Wake up, goddammit! The words ring out frantically inside my head, but I am voiceless. Mo' ears can hear my frantic pleas, that I now bled. I'm steadily towards the other side of the river Styx. Captured within the grim reaper's grip. I'm frozen with incapacitating fear, and I spotted his sickle as the boat drew near. A flash. Familiar images speed by. What is this coldness, this gurgling sound that echoes loudly inside my head? And now I am fully aware of the crimson streaks that flow down my dying body, unable to scream as I draw my last breath in the smoke of a vapor dream.
0: Wow, is that end poem?
4: Yeah, that's it. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I just I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. i forgot
4: to say end poem. No, I'm
5: sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was a dramatic pause, right? Thought <laughs> that was incredible.
4: I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you um, if you've ever experienced sleep paralysis. But I did Oh my God, all
5: the time. That's why I was able to write that poem. I there's I related to it
0: so much. It is the most frightening thing in the world.
5: It sure is. You can't you can't move. You can't You can't you know,
0: scream, you can't open your yeah, mouth, you, you can't, can't make you can't a noise. It. And it's almost right. like you can't breathe. You know, like you're waiting for your heart to start beating, you're waiting everything to to right. and you're just in it's such a panic, it is crazy.
5: Yeah, it is. It's uh, I used to have terrifying dreams when I was a kid. You know what I mean, like in paralysis, you know, like can't wake up like, and I still do it today once in a while, it's like you know you give your body that jerk and you wake up mm-hmm. and then and then you're you feel like you're being pulled magnetically back to sleep, it's you know yeah yeah, I get it, but that was an awesome that was just an awesome verse that you put out there I mean, that, that just screams, you know i have to I have to write something
2: to it yeah. <laughs>
0: Well you got all kinds of homework done tonight. That was awesome.
5: <laughs> yeah, I enjoy being back here. You know? It's just you know I get in I get in those periods, you know, we've talked about it before. I get in mm-hmm. periods where I have to just walk away and just just get away, you know.
0: Well, you know, yeah. your your muse isn't a circus clown. You can't it's not you can't put a quarter, it's not coin operated, you know. Oh,
5: I get it. I use
0: it 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 of, needs like, to break you know,
5: solid okay to myself I, you know I just a lot of times I just check out from social media for a while you know what i mean mhm But i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna make it i'm gonna
0: make it a a
5: uh, thing to keep coming back there.
0: well, I think it's good for you I think the fellowship's good for you I think the inspiration's good for you and look at what you've been produce, producing I'm very proud of you i'm very very blessed that you share it with us
7: All right well, thank you.
0: Yeah. All right, love. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you.
5: Well, right now, I mean, basically, it's uh, T. A. Carter at Facebook. You know, I've, I I haven't done much with that blog spot and all the other, you know, the other sites. So pretty much that. And then there is the collected works of well, T. A. Carter, but that's, that page is I don't know. It's it's different. It's like a business page. It's not like a a social page. You know, I don't know. however Facebook does it, but so you have to scroll down and click on the titles
0: and read anything
5: there. So.
0: Have you you have a book published, don't you?
5: Not yet. I, I I have a title. It's called it's called um Life Loss Lust in Love. My evolution as a poet by
0: T A Carter. That's awesome. All right. Thank you. An image of a kaleidoscope would be really cool on the cover.
4: Yeah, because you know, if you, you could see, take a, just... a
0: photograph of you and put it in a program on the, you can find them kaleidoscope programs on the computer. Right. To take a photograph of you and put it in that kaleidoscope program, so it makes a kaleidoscope out of pictures of you, it would be a, an incredible wow. image for that cover.
5: That's awesome. I like that idea. I
4: mm-hmm.
5: I don't want to just put out a book, you know, that just has a bunch of poems in it. I want to tell a story how some of yeah. came about or whatever. Yeah. So. That's awesome. so,
8: yeah. I appreciate you.
0: So you want to uh, hang on the line, and if we have time, I can bring you back on, or you want to call back yeah. in? You done for the yeah, night? What I, do you want to
5: I do? Can, yeah, I can, I can hang out, because I'm not really doing anything. I'm just kind of sitting around, TV's on in the background. If you want me to, to come okay. back on and read, I'll, I, I can pick out a jewel or something, you know.
0: All right, well, I will put you on hold, and depending on what happens with our lines, what's going on with tech support, I may play a track or two here in a minute, so I have time to talk with them and find out what's going on. But, you know, if I can't get my lines back in, then I may bring you back on, okay? All right. All right, thank you.
7: I'll be here. All right,
0: let's go ahead and grab Granville. I believe We've got him on the line. Granville, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello, my darling, sir.
7: Yes, ma'am. How are you? How are you?
0: I am absolutely awesome. I have a request. Yes? I want you to read, with with whatever else you were going to read tonight, I want you to read the very first poem you ever read on my show. Do you remember which one it was? Nah. It was a poem you wrote for your grandma.
7: Oh, 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 my Gigi boy.
0: Yep, okay. and in honor of Mother's Day, I would love for you to read that poem.
7: I would love to read that poem for you.
0: And then you can read the other ones you had, whatever else you were going to read tonight as well, but I would really like to hear that in honor of Mother's Day.
7: Okay, I will I will certainly do that. And you know what, I have to, have to do it anyway. What's that? I had planned to do that poem anyway.
0: <laughs> I'm glad
7: yeah yeah, because you know you're celebrating women, so anyway uh let me go downstairs, let me get downstairs. my son is up here uh, John, Johnny. What?
0: No. Is That's you your son
7: you he, yeah he's yeah he's yeah, there I have a son here,
0: is how long he going to be there, huh? How long is he going to be there?
7: Uh, no, I'm going to know go Ah, and he is
8: good. He
0: is so, in 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 the near future,
7: MIT and performing too.
0: I would be so ecstatic to hear your son read.
7: What? What said it again? What?
0: I said I'd love to hear your son read one of his poems. He needs to write one and we'll come on the show and read it.
9: Oh yeah, yes.
7: he yeah, he writes. He writes he so many poems. He, he's he's a lot like his dad. <laughs> his <laughs> his writing rege- resembles my mine. Yeah, we, we we have the same thought process. So he he writes. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, one of these days, when he's not so busy. Okay. Anyway, i Gigi Boy, ladies and gentlemen. In the sound of my voice, this poem I wrote for my dearly beloved grandmother. It is called Van Gigi's boy. I was raised, I was born on the eastern Caribbean island of St. Kitts. Up on Market Street, Bastille, to be exact. I was raised by my grandmother, Josephine Weeks, also known as Manjiji, the second child of one Minerva Fleming of Portugal. Yes. I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Yes. I am Manjiji's boy. There he goes. Who is that little black boy? And someone would reply. Manjeejee's. The old lady with the guinea trees in the yard. He is Manjiji's boy. He is Manjigi's boy. And I am Manjiji's boy. Yes, I am Manjiji's boy. In a two-room house, I was born on a Saturday, she, Manjiji, would say. And you were born hungry. Your mother did not want anything to eat the day before you were born sucking your thumb and I would listen as she would tell me how I begun and have now become Manjiji's boy and I am Manjidji's boy yes I am and Gigi's boy the resources was meager but by the time I had realized this she had already instilled in me a serious love for truth and discipline and it gave me dignity as I have my standards, never follow a multitude, she would say, as broad is the road that leads to destruction, and the road to righteousness is narrow, and I swear to you that if there is anything becoming about me, it is because I am Manjeejee's boy. I am Manjeejee's boy. Yes, I am Manjeejee's boy. There were times when I would cough at her teachings and look at her indignantly thinking, foolish old woman, that's when she would say Granville, John thinks that I am stupid. The boy thinks that I am stupid. I did not say it, but I was thinking it, for to me she is old and she is a woman. That's when she would go, son, experience do not go on trees. I love my grandmother. I love Manjiji. It goes without saying. I am Manjiji's boy. I am Manjiji's boy. Manor. And discipline, she would say, can take you around the world. Never envy another for anything as it is the wooing of men. For there is nothing greater than contentment, and enough is as good as a feast, yes. I am Man Jesus' boy. I am Man Jesus' boy, and I would walk like man Jesus' boy, and I would talk like man Jesus' boy, and I would think like Man Jesus' boy, and I would stand like Man Jesus' boy and carry myself like man Jesus' boy. For I am my Jesus boy, yes, I am my Jesus boy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
0: I am so grateful for you reading that. That was the first show you, or poem you ever read on the show. It's one of my absolute favorite poems of yours, and I love it. Thank you for reading that from Mother's Day.
7: Thank you. And I'm, I'm, and I'm happy to, to perform it, and I'm happy that you even requested it. I'm happy that you even requested it because it's, it's actually... Uh, what the word is I'm looking for? Pertinent to the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually pertinent to the situation right now. So. I'm going to give you another poem. This one is called In Celebration of Mother's Day. This one is called Woman. Upon entering the establishment... Mine eyes surveyed the surroundings, chose the path that I would tread, and set off then forth. Ten paces into my journey, I saw her. There she stood, woman, life Almost upon her I read her name Tad discerned her name and spoke it vigorously It was then she looked up to acknowledge me With this look of who deals open Pandora's box. This is my world. I am she. There is no other like me. You have no idea what you have done. Mine eyes all the while fixated upon her, grasping Every inch of her paying attention to details. I feel the life in her engulfs me. Suddenly I feel so consumed. I inhale and exhale repeatedly. Coming. The closest, the closest our path would cross, almost overthrown by this wave of power. I thought, women are so epic. They each need their own zip code. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Absolutely powerful piece, both of those.
7: Thank you, no, The Thank reverence you.
0: that you write towards women is just beautiful. Thank you.
7: And they are worthy. <laughs> yeah, are worthy. They give both to people like me. How 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 I can uh, you, know, you know I you know I you know I can't be ungrateful. You know I have to I have to show them reverence. You know is and mm-hmm. you know and they I mean I'm telling you, woman. I mean I don't know, sometimes you know. But you know what, we've been lied to, and I don't, I don't really blame mankind because they lied to us, and when they tell us that woman was a weaker sex. So, this was built upon a lot of deceit, that's why a lot of women didn't get the respect, and, and the country really got disrespect, where they should have gotten the respect. And, and such, and because of such, the lack of such justice, the world is, you know, is barely, is barely, is barely surviving anarchy, you know. They be surviving art. Woman loves peace. Woman loves love. Woman woman loves people. Because they give both to people. That's that's what they do. They love things. They love people. They love, they love you know, they they just love. Woman love, woman you know. And I I, I can't talk about him enough because, you know, women's so damn nice. That's all I got to say. Well, and then of show, Naila, I am that n I am not that nice. I'm not like women. women are
2: nice.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for them. <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> yeah I'm not that nice and I've tried I would like to be nice but I'm I'm not and I'm not damn nice I'm a man I'm you know I don't I do brood, you know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get grumpy when things bother me you know
0: that's okay you're allowed
7: <laughs> yeah yeah thank you yeah that's the beauty really of woman <laughs> woman so forgiving and ready to move on and you know you know yeah I love them so, so resourceful, so resourceful. We would be nothing without woman. That's why God made it. That's why God made women the ma- major, the majority of the species. Because you know, well, for, for man to endure, you're gonna need a lot of these here. Take them, more women, more women, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what that's what the, the God did to ensure that human race endures. You know what I mean? uh. Anyway, everybody out there, out there in radio land, my name is Granville John Hedginton. Happy Mother's Day to all the women out there, and keep on doing what you're doing in spite of men and gratefulness and in gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we love you. Sometimes we just don't know how to love you, and they don't know how to love you. But you know, you know, you, you know, you know, you know, you know they are. They, they are men. You know that they, they are men. So, and they are your children. So you, 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 you are bound to them. And you're bound to us and for that we thank we give you our thanks and we are grateful. So my name is Granville Hedging Find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, hire me to come perform for you. I can perform for you one hour, For you about women, about life, anything you, you wish. I can do it. So Naila, glad, glad for having me here. And and may you just continue to keep on doing what you're doing because you, you are the outlet that we need and you're good at it too.
0: Well, I appreciate you so much and thank you. Thank you for making time to be here tonight.
7: Yes, ma'am. You're so very welcome. Have a <laughs> blessed
0: day. Thank you, baby. You too. Thank you, Granville. Bye-bye. All right. So we still have Michael, Bob, Todd on the line. If you're trying to call in, please keep trying. It will let you in eventually. The number to call in is 646-595-3965. If you're having problems getting into the chat room, just keep refreshing the page. I am going to play a track here, probably two tracks here real quick, Um, to give me a moment to talk to tech support, all right, and then if we can't get any more lines open yet, then I'm going to go ahead and jump back up to Mike, Bob. Todd, uh, maybe Granville, if you have another one you want to read, if I can't get anyone else on. Uh, if you guys didn't have another piece ready to go, just in case I pull you on, you never know. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> if you can do that, that would be awesome. And, uh, yeah. All right, I'm going to play a piece. Let's do um, Emily Trenchard. This one's called Finch. So let's start with this one. Here we go.
10: Finch. At first, just the head peeked out. Nobody except me got to eat the quiet moment of terror that took hold of cousin Jody's eyes. Because as the black snake spooled like smoke out of Jody's mouth and glided onto the dinner table, bedlam broke out. Grandma screamed, then everyone started screaming, chairs pushed back, plates toppled, and my half-brothers tried to chase the snake out the house. But when Cousin Jody opened his mouth to scream, another snake poked out his gentle head and slithered down his shirt. He got out a few curse words before the next snake wiggled into his mouth. This one got most of the way out Jody's throat before someone took a knife to it. Jody had to still pull the rest of the squirming body out by hand. And when he gasped to catch his breath, another snake was burst on his tongue. Jody got desperate and tried to swallow the thing, but he started choking and finally coughed so hard, he shot the snake clear out of his mouth and crossed the dinner table. By the time Grandma had kicked Cousin Jody out the house, there were 15 headless snakes draped like hangman's rope around the kitchen table. Everyone was crying and casting off the devil, but I just snuck back to my cot, where Cousin Jody used to come and find me each night and lift up my dress for sin. I found a snake curled on my pillow, so I laid down and kissed his nose. That was the last we ever saw of Cousin Jody. That was the first time I ever did it on purpose. Call me Finch. They all do, or used to, before Jesus got his hands on me. At first, it only happened on accident. Like the beagle I loved so much, he burst into flame, and, and the broken dishes that would stitch themselves back together while Grandma whooped my behind. But then I started to concentrate on it almost like prayer. After Jody and the stinks, I, I tried to do good things so folks wouldn't get suspicious. I straightened all the kinks out of Auntie's hair for her and put six pieces of silver in my half-brother's pockets each night. And I tried to make Grandma young again like she was always wishing she was, except I didn't know how to make it stop. It wasn't until Auntie had to start feeding and changing the infant Grandma that I managed to set things back the right way. I'm still learning how it works. The neighbors were beginning to talk, saying I was a cursed child on account of who my mother was. So when Grandma got back to her old stealth, she started parading me around church to prove I could walk in the Lord's house without smelling like brimstone. The pastor was hard up for something to believe in. He begged me for a full year before I showed him. turn water into wine, I did. <laughs> I thought he'd appreciate that trick. I should have known better. <laughs> when that purple juice spilled out the pastor's wash basin, everybody started hailing Jesus. They shook my bones so hard, my name fell off. Refusing to let go of their salvation, Grandma and the pastor carried me between them into town to buy me a white dress and new shoes. Had a photograph made like I was walking through the gates of heaven. I had never made anyone so happy before. Grandma and the pastor started asking me to do things for folks like man broken bones and make blue babies turn pink again. People came from all over Missouri just to have me lay hands on them. Not that I didn't want to be helping folks, but let me be clear, you can only take so much of the crying, only feel the praise lick your obligatory cheek so often before you can't stand the creatures anymore. It took every ounce of Christian I had in me not to tell them that their Jesus didn't care. Their Jesus didn't bend his back to the work. Their Jesus was not my time, my focus, my accident of a body. They never praised the girl called holy, just the parlor tricks. When I started my womanly ways, the blood stained the lining of my white dress, and they called it Christ blood, hailed him and not the woman I was becoming. Grandma gave me rags to put between my legs each night, and in the morning she'd collect them and give them out to the faithful. Eventually, The blood took to clotting itself each night into tiny animals. Elephants, swans, bears and horses, snakes and spiders, rabbits and fish, each no bigger than my fingernail. My little menagerie danced on my belly and slept in a velvet box. They loved me like God. They called me Finch.
0: Absolutely incredible piece, wasn't that? Love it! I'm gonna play another by hers, by her, and I think I'm gonna do. Uh, let's do. Hmm, I have so many on here by her. Let's do. Let's do American porn. I haven't heard that one. We'll experience this one together.
10: American porn. The first time I saw a woman in a porn with nipples as small as mine, I thought, thank God. I must have been about 10 at the time because I remember having to dodge the babysitter while sneaking in to tune the satellite television to channels 86, 98, or 99 while always keeping one finger on that pre-programmed Nickelodeon button. I lost my virginity like a bet to that flickering image and nearly muted sound. I grew up in Van Nuys, California, the unofficial porn capital of the United States, so I had a vague notion of what to expect when, in ninth grade, I brought home the first boy with a mohawk. As we sat with our backs up against the white picket fence in my front yard, waiting for his mother to come pick him up, he slipped two painted fingers up into some place I didn't know I had. I thought, this, I've seen this before. And in 10th grade, I smiled familiar at the boy who went down on me for the first time as the family dog looked on. Smiled because the view down my bare belly looked just like it did in the movies. And in 11th grade, I knew all the right things to moan for the girl with the Goldilocks who bit like whiskey and broke me like promises. We were checking things off a list. I mean, beauty in this was accidental. There was no magic, just small favors. We were growing up American porn taking smuggled bits of adulthood and combining them with our parental misguidance. The only conversation my mother and I ever had about masturbation occurred after she caught me in the act. The conversation went like this. What do you think you're doing? You look like a dog. We never spoke of it again, but for the next ten years I rub the shine into this newly minted shame, taking solace only in the porn because then at least I knew I wasn't the only one disappointing my mother, so I watched, I studied, it was my addiction, it was my permission." I lost my virginity to American porn, those thick-necked boys and breakable girls, those naked cocks and tan lines, the absence of time, hesitation, and lube, that forbidden ubiquity, the empty passion, the adulthood-shaved bare, but at least this sex, this imitation of sex, when pounded from our bored, frightened bodies, smelled honest. Honest. It doesn't get much more American than this. I lost my virginity in the back of a Chevy Suburban, on the 4th of July, in parked traffic. When it was all over, I walked two blocks to the Marriott, locked myself in a bathroom stall in the lobby, and stared down at the burning between my legs, sure that I must be bleeding, convinced I would look down to see my aborted uterus floating in a pink bath beneath me, believing he must have broken something. I used some damp paper towels to cool down the nothing that had apparently just happened. That night, we slept in a parking lot next to where the Boy Scouts were selling off the last of their fireworks. He kissed me on the mouth so thick, I choked on his gratitude. I coughed up my shame. And that, well, that was like nothing I had ever seen before.
0: I absolutely think you guys need to check this poet out. She's absolutely amazing. That's Emily Trechard. It's all over YouTube. Just an incredibly powerful and honest female voice. Um, I really relate well to her style of writing, her honesty, her, the brutalness and acceptance of her femininity. Um, a very powerful third-generation feminist poet, I believe. Anyway, check her out. Um, Guys, have your, we have Mike, Bob, and Todd still. Guys, have your palms ready. I'm going to play one more piece real quick um, so I can finish up typing to tech support, and then I will be right back with you, and we will get you guys back on if you'd like to read again.
9: I drink my coffee black every morning. I like how looking at you makes me feel. Twice I asked to kiss you. The second time there was a lump in my throat. I like to believe it was a metaphor. A plain tumor is all it was. I have woken up, looked in the mirror, and thought, okay, I look good today. If I am late, it is because I don't know how to plan time. Cut to me blushing, laughing. Of course, we were no full moon. In my poems, you are the dream of you. The falling stars are just glitter, just thousands of tiny LED lights poured down from the sky. That July was a fire that minded its own business. The following June was just 30 days the moon was a strawberry. It wasn't the drugs. The shadows on the ceiling weren't dancing again. I was walking backwards when I met you. You are not the first boy who I wrote into existence or loved. That thought unties my shoelaces. Once we were a crescent moon weightless as a smile. I love you. Still, I'm not sorry I don't want to write about you anymore. So let's see how long we can go without talking. This time, if we really try, maybe I will forget your birthday. I miss you, but I don't wish you were here. Two, thanks for clapping. Two, you don't like coffee. You like what it does to your body. You like the way coffee makes your body feel, so you take your cream and sugar with coffee. I'm not sure why you kissed me back the first time. I suspect you liked what it did to your body. You liked the way my kiss made your body feel. Once, I let you wrap your palms around my neck to feel the tumor ride my throat like an elevator. You wear sweatshorts, and I still want to fuck you. Once. (laughs) You gave me a bouquet of pink roses, or was it a fury of your puckered lips? When your elbow found mine in that crowd after a year of our mouths not speaking, I was not happy to see you. I was relieved. Once, you said a person is either a peacekeeper or a pot stirrer. Think about that for a second. We both knew which I am. I bet you think you're a peacekeeper. I bet you think magicians don't exist. You are the first dizzy wind spell to trip my tornado. Once you smiled in my direction and balloon on the loose, there I went so high I forgot which came first, you or the dream of you. You told me once after work you took the bus all the way west to watch the sunset only to miss it. You said you were so glad you made it to me on time. If you came back, I would not ask why. You may say none of this ever happened and three sorry all my markers are falling out alright this is the mishmash part (laughs) I drink my coffee black but you don't like coffee you like what it does to your body you like the way coffee makes your body feel so you take your cream and sugar with coffee every morning this is not about you I just like how looking at you makes me feel Twice, I asked to kiss you. The second time, how you said, I just don't think I can give you what you want. Really not sure then why you kissed me back the first time. I suspect you liked what it did to your body. You liked the way my kiss made your body feel once there was a lump in my throat. I like to believe it was a metaphor for every feeling I have ever swallowed. A plain tumor is really all it was. See how this is my story. I have woken up, looked in the mirror, and thought, Damn, I look good today, and you wear sweatshorts. In public. And I still want to fuck you. (laughs) Once you gave me a bouquet of pink roses, or was it a fury of your puckered lips? If I am late, it is because I was too anxious to leave. I don't know how to plan time, so when your elbow found mine in that crowd, after a year of our mouths not speaking, I was not happy to see you. I was mad that I was relieved cut to me blushing laughing of course weren't you dancing beside me but we were no full moon once you said a person was either a peacekeeper or a pot stirrer and we both knew which I am and I bet you still think you're a peacekeeper in my poems you are the dream of you maybe is this alternate universe where the falling stars were just glitter Just thousands of tiny LED lights poured down from the sky. That July was a fire, but it minded its own business. And the following June was just 30 days the moon was a strawberry. It might have been the drugs. But the shadows on the ceiling were not dancing again. I was walking backwards when I met you. I made all of this magic, and I bet you think magicians don't exist. Well, you are not the first, boy who I wrote into existence or loved, you are just the first dizzy wind spell to trip my tornado that time you smiled in my direction. And balloon on the loose, there I went so high I forgot which came first, you or the dream of you, and it's that thought that unties my shoelaces. Because once we were a crescent moon, weightless as a smile. And I love you. Still, I'm not sorry. I just can't write about you anymore. So let's see how long we can go without talking. This time, I will really try to forget your birthday. Maybe. If you came back, I would not ask why I miss you, but I don't wish you were here. And you may say none of this ever happened, but all of the details sure fit. So abracadabra, thank you. Cool.
0: Absolutely incredible piece. All right, let's go ahead and grab Michael. Area code 731. Michael, are you with me? Hi, Nyla. How you doing, sweetheart?
1: I'm doing great. I've been enjoying the show. You have some nice uh have some nice guests on there. And you had some good videos. It's been a nice slow show. It's good. It's really good to hear Todd Carter. You know my son's named Carter Todd, so my buddy's named Todd Carter and that's always been a cool thing. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's awesome.
1: And he's from New York and uh and uh and he sounds like it. Not only that, but the guy that's, that, that was a great baseball player for the New York Mets, uh, is uh Keith Hernandez. Sometimes in Todd Carter's pictures, he looks a little like Keith Hernandez, and that's compliment. Yep, so uh, there you go. Don't tell him I said that, because he might think I've lost my mind. Anyway, do you want to read some more stuff?
0: I would love for you to read some more. Please, yes.
1: Okay. I'm, uh, I'm in the odes right now. I used to do odes. Honestly, gosh, I don't know what the heck an ode is, but it just happened. Uh, This one won't mean anything to you because you don't watch television. But somebody in your audience does watch television. And they've seen a show called Happy Days. Happy Days got its start as a little segment on Love American Style. And from Happy Days, it spawned Laverne and Shirley and a show called Mork and Mindy and a show called Joni Loves Chachi. And it just became this huge franchise before it burned out. Anyway, somebody put up some kind of challenge one night up, and this fell in line with it, so there. I didn't win, by the way. Ode to Happy Days by Michael Todd. It caught someone's attention. Must have brought a smile. That brief vignette on love American style. Howard and Marion were there in the beginning. Richie gave Opie another career after the Waltons sing thing. On to Arnold's, Sigh. misty road car hops on roller skates. Enter Fonzie with leather, motorcycle, and unlimited dates. Posse was the local nerd. Ralph Mouth provided many laughs. Old Milwaukee's finest. Soon the torch would be passed. Laverne of the DeFazio's tomato-tomato question was lent. Charlie Feeney with her boo-boo kitty. wonder what that meant. Lenny and Squiggy became media icons with their irrational reason. And Carmine Ragusa, the brawling dancer, brought drama through the seasons. Another pilot. Did Richie or Fonzie dream this new phase? Enter Mort from the planet Ork. Nanu Nanu became the new catchphrase. Orson sent him to Earth. Mindy took him in on the spot with Morgan Fairchild and Deborah Joe Fondon. <laughs> These chicks are hot. With Joni Loves Chachi, things came to a close in the final endeavor, once more with Al DeVecchio and Luisa running Pat Maria's old diner. Mario and Bingo worked the sidelines, as did Rico and Annette. Seems Aaron and Scott's off-the-set drama were where all the focus was at. And let's not forget that stellar reunion when we nearly all got together once again. Tom Bosley, Ron Howard, Penny and Cindy reminisced how it all had been. The pulse of a nation of sitcom fanatics who followed their lineage, their family tree. But in the end, I could only surmise Henry Winkler will always be the Fodge to me. A. In peace.
0: Eee. <laughs> I remember that show when I was a little kid.
1: Great! I'm glad it meant something to you.
0: Yeah, I remember all that. I had a huge crush on Chachi. I think really? all young girls did. Yeah. He's still around. We have to do a then He's and now around. thing. No, I don't want to know. I don't want to ruin that image. That that happens too often. <laughs> okay. All right, Mike, do me a favor. Tell everyone again how they can find you, please.
1: You can find me at com. M y k e t o d d. Mike with an M.
0: Awesome. All right, sweetheart, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for reading again, and I love you. Love you back. <laughs> Bye, honey. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to jump down here, and I'm going to grab 585, who has not been on the air yet. I believe that is uh, Mr. Curry. Yes,
8: yes. Okay, are, so,
0: you? are you, sweetheart? I'm glad you got on.
6: Yeah, yeah. I have one thing I've been working on. I don't know if it's done, but actually, it's a thought that's been in my mind for, like, years and years. of remember it somebody, you know, that I knew for a brief period of time and then got separated by forever. I still had my mind. So when we moved uh, from Harlem to the Bronx, it was one of those perfect storms where the first friend I had in the Bronx was a white kid, and I was the probably the first black friend that he had. And my family was one of the first black families in that particular neighborhood. And he was among the the stragglers, among the last of the white people who wanted to flee as, as other people moved in, his family was one of the stragglers who didn't have money to get away. So our, our orbits Collided. This is called Pardon Me. Excuse me, my man. Can I get by? Oh, you look like, don't I know you? You're from the Bronx, right? Tremont Avenue? I ain't trying to be funny, but your face, I'd never forget. Didn't you used to live on 178th Street? Yeah, down the corner from the school, PS67. We came here. You was there. When we first got here from PS10 on 117th, when we came from Harlem, we used to sit on your stoop and watch the others playing off the curb or stickball with spaldings, using parked cars for bases, yelling about Mantle and Maris. You were scared to play. I didn't know how. The Puerto Ricans walked by stomping, heels clicking, the taps singing out from their black Army-Navy surplus boots, looking like West Side Story sharks. An urban menace with their exotic rapid-fire razor-sharp specs and those cool colored boys low-talking hip diddly bopping and popping the latest slang to hip the homeboys from a faraway southern past always hype and jive to the girls jumping double-dutch you remember juni muscles seasoning them slap boxing and flicking open pocket knives and razors and the time I had to fight them about scaring Mandy, they couldn't understand it, and neither could I. Mandy's hair matted to her cheek by tears and grape jelly. Her face needing washing. Her clothes were smelly. But your mama said you. But your mama told you to stay outside every time your uncle came to visit her room. You got to remember me, man. I was the only one, a colored boy who was your friend, and I had none either. Your mama didn't like it. Negroes were dirty, she said. But you were a poor mick kid outcast within your cast. I've always wondered what happened, and now I can ask. That day I came over and found your door ajar. The place empty but for trash and ragged clothes. Your uncle's car no longer parked at the curb. All gone. Gone where? No one to ask. Nobody knew you but me. So many friends that come and go in so little time. I didn't think of you after a while. A neighborhood changes. I started doing the bop walk, affecting a new sense of cool. Before long, I became little Elston Howard, the colored Yankees. Up against the Ricans, it was baseball from sunup to sundown. Baseball held me in its grasp so drugs had no chance. As the scenic, beautiful Bronx became a burnout war zone. Where, war zone, were you there? Did you escape the drugs that plagued the Bronx? Did you go to Nile or lose yourself in counterculture pleasures? While I escaped into academia, were you locked up in jail? All those years, and we were once little boys together. I'm on the radio now, 40 years, and acting, and writing poems, even one about you. Come on, man, don't you know me? I know we old men now, but you were once my first Bronx friend, a white boy. And I was the first for you as times began to change, as we were among the first to arrive, and you were one of the last to leave. Bronx Zoo, Tremont Avenue, the Theater, the old neighborhood, man. We were boys. I'd know you anywhere. Forget the gray. Pardon me. You're my old friend, Thomas Murphy, aren't you? And Paul.
0: Wow. That was absolutely incredible. That was absolutely incredible, Doug.
6: One of those things.
0: It's like like little Polaroids, your poems are. You know, it's like it's like Polaroids of someone with the back of their skirt up. You know, they look really good from front, but you know,
6: there's a lot of stuff. Like
0: the, the other side that maybe people don't always want to look at or remember, or how when we look at our past, easy to romanticize. All the good, and not understand what things could really be like. Your poems, your poetry, remind us of what it was really like, what life was really like.
6: Yeah, this guy, this kid, he's somebody uh, that never left my mind. He was a friend of mine. One Mm -hmm. day, I went to a bar. And we were 10 years old. And I just always imagined what it would be like to run into him and recognize that it was him.
0: You ever looked him
6: up? No. I mean, we were were kids. I mean, I, I was probably a grown man before the thought and memory of him really came back into focus. Because... Up until that time, life was moving fast, man. You're going from being a little boy to an adolescent to a young man, to moving on and and going to college and you know playing baseball and you know.
0: Send me a yeah. message. Let's find him.
6: <laughs>
0: I'm serious. I'll help you.
6: Okay. All right. We'll do that.
0: I'm serious. Yeah.
6: But I guess you know as he's as much an allegory because. For all the people that you know, however, however briefly you know them, I mean, there are people that you only knew for a slight, short period of time. I mean, I might have known this kid for a year,
2: mm-hmm.
6: okay? But somehow the impact stays with your life, and when you part company, their life and the history doesn't end. You know, like I say, what you know, when I was in college, were you, you know, were you in the NARM, you know? Wait, you know, I, I think about a guy like that. Uh, you grow your hair long because it was this, the '60s. But were you a hippie or or were you a gung-ho Marine, white boy? Mm-hmm. Okay. and it could have been any either way of that. You know, were you a junkie, like we all tried to, to tried to avoid, and uh, you just don't know. Yeah, you just don't.
0: Hey Doug, are you gonna read too, honey?
6: No, that was it for me.
0: That was it for tonight.
6: Oh, you're such a tease. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, baby cakes. Tell everyone how they can find you.
6: Yeah, I'm Doug Curry, and uh, I'm found on Facebook as Douglas Curry because I had to recreate my account and haven't been broken into. So I'm Douglas Curry on Facebook. Um, I can be my my writings can be found on allpoetry.com under the name of Manchild99, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D 99 on uh, allpoetry.com. Uh, also, I can be found on the radio, on terrestrial radio, on Friday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, with a show called Blacks and Blues, and that comes on W-R-U-R dot O-R-G. Friday nights at 9 uh, Eastern Time, also out of Chicago on Saturday night, 10 o'clock Central Time for one hour at wdcb.org. So. You want to
0: have some fun? Ask people <laughs> fun, under yeah. the age of about 24 what terrestrial radio means.
6: Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Let's
0: see how many of them can answer that question
6: Yeah I got um, we, we opened a play last um, last. Well we had Dress rehearsal Thursday Opened on Saturday night And now We have Performances tomorrow night Saturday afternoon And Saturday night And then next weekend Friday and Saturday So we ought to be good and ready To put this play to to bed when we're done
0: Give with me it. a favor, when you have someone that's there that knows you, have them hold your phone and record you, sneak and record you so, on part of it so I can see. I want to see. Okay. Okay. okay.
6: Let's, let's see if I can do that. I'm enjoying right. it, and, and we got a great play called The Art of Murder, and uh, it's, it's it's one of those Alfred Hitchcock uh but a little bit of comedy to it. It's kind of a you know cross, double cross, triple cross, and you don't know <laughs> who's – they're all bad. You hate them all, and you don't know who who to really root for because they're all doing something shady.
2: <laughs> So it's un-
6: Sounds I-
0: awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah.
6: Well, have fun
0: so with glad. that and and try to sync me a video because I know you're not normally supposed to record in those, but see if you can.
6: See if, yeah, sometimes we can we, – we'll even see if the – is doing any recording of it because they do that too for their own skills and stuff. So let me just see okay. if we can get. Okay, thanks everybody. I'm going to go tonight.
0: Thank you, Doug. Great job, Annie.
6: All right, sweetheart All
0: right, bye bye. All right, we have 24 minutes left. I have two new callers to get on, and then we're going to go ahead and try to see if we can fit Bob back on at the end. So let's go ahead and grab area code five four, or excuse me, seven four. four, five seven four. You're on the air.
8: Why are you going to grab me? Is this a sex show, hey?
0: <laughs> hey, don't Caves judge me. Don't, don't kink shame me. Who we have here?
8: I believe. Well, that's a secret. We we're just talking about secrets. I believe my name is Stoke Pot to you, honey. Can we talk You want to see pictures of me? I, I can't you hear you very well, honey. Baby I, can't, I can't hear you very well. Because I was, I was talking sex. Because I believe it's a sex show, 8 I've been listening a little bit. And you've been giving sex in the windows, today. Sex you right in the window, you know. And you've been giving them. And you talk to baby cakes. And I want to know if, can I send you pictures, like you asked the baby cakes there to send you, of my non-talking party. I believe I got some rhymes in me. Well, now I'm talking, parts, lady. You sexy lady, lady. You've been asked to fix your pictures. I li- I didn't know it was a sex show. I thought it was a rhyming show. But dad discovered it's really it's a
0: sex show. So it's, not a sex show. <laughs> it's not a sex show. It's not a sex show. Show. You're scaring me. Don't make me mute you. Who is this? My
8: name is Stovepipe. I told you who my name is i have to call you later after I was I know you gave me your number. She just texts me a number. I'm going to call her
0: later. Okay. What they don't realize, I don't think, is that I have their phone number right now. I'm going to call them back after the show. And I'm going to have some fun because, you know, I can do that. <laughs> All right, let's get our next call on the air. 807, are you with me?
11: Yes, I'm with you (laughs) after the craziness. (laughs) I am so
0: going to – I'm going to so call them back, seriously.
11: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That's going to be so fun. (laughs) Is that bad? Am I bad? (laughs) Yes, you are.
11: (laughs) Yes, you're bad. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. So anyway, lots the Hello?
0: Hello. <laughs> so yeah. what you got for us, Robbie? Robbie, baby, welcome to the show.
11: <laughs> Hello. You, you confused me there. You were thinking. It's like you were thinking on two different wavelengths at the same time. I was just like, I absolutely blah, blah, blah. was
0: doing that. You're absolutely 100% correct. I'm really glad that you know me well enough to know when that happens.
11: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I do it myself, so I know what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, so I have one short poem and one short-ish poem. Uh, so I'll just read the first one, and we'll see how it goes uh, for time-wise. So uh, these are just two I picked, like, just randomly shmandomly. Uh Into Darkness. Into the darkness, full and deep, not understanding why this is what so many seek. To see despair on the silver screen, visions of hope seen and obscene. What drives now the vision behind us, this insistent need to darken all borders, all visions of even minutely lighter fare? Why does it seem that moroseness is so thoroughly embraced, the idea of hopeless hopefulness now laid in disgrace? I grow tired and weary of this force and another that go hand in hand, a lack of creative luster as the silver screen and now new vision cannot muster, caught in a Mobius strip of creative lack paired together with a profound lack of tact. And actually I remember where this one came from. Now oh, when I saw like a uh, Archie or the Arch- Riverdale the Riverdale series on Netflix and they're you know, they're making Archie all dark and Edgy, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Now they, they now they can't leave Archie alone. Like they, there's no every they're revisiting every sh- uh, old um, franchise or every old cartoon show, whatever. And they're just you know all the all the innocent ones in there. They're making them dark, and sometimes they make them really dark, and it's just sometimes it's actually disgusting, <laughs> and it's something that's really pissed me off. <laughs> so that's where that one came from. Me being pissed off. <laughs> Do you want to hear rainbows now? I <laughs> uh,
0: something about fluffy bunnies. Sure.
11: Yeah, yeah. This one, this one's fluffy bunny-ish. I mean, I'm in an-ish mode today. Uh, rainbows like cloud bursts of brightest color that burst in kaleidoscopic display, colors of life's revelry, bursting forth in brightest colorful array rainbows like bridges of brightest light that shine long into the cool of night dazzling the mesmer of my yawning sight i am growing to be fixated elated by rainbow's brightest sweet light my mind turning little sparks of color like a man who turns up his thumb to flip a dime we grow into rainbow raiment of sparkling vestment when we don those most colorful outfits, the humorous, humorously garish costumes of color's brightest hue, the sparkle of the rainbow that begins at me and ends at you. The rainbow messages flash across the fits and starts of sunlight, the fragments of sunlight that shine through fractal gossamers, the gossamers of a goddess, goddesses' flaxen threads of hair that leave no scarlet Sorry, scrap of light Uncaptured, nor reflection Of color left bare I dance in the sparkles Of the rainbow, the one that dances At the pools of water that start At my feet, the pools of water That are the nurturing waters The life-giving pool of life's Flowers so sweet Let us dance in the sparkling rain Of rainbows Let us be lost in fractal Cosmographic Graphics of a goddess's hair those threads that are the threads of the universe, that when unwoven, they reveal the beauty of the universe, the rainbow of colors, sparkling in a goddess whose hair flows along in cosmic strings at the sensually strident pace of a free and frolicking mare. And there we go, piss offish than than in the first one, not piss offish at all. You see, I can go any I can go anywhere on the spectrum there, almost.
0: Almost, you say?
11: <laughs> Almost.
0: Yeah. Oh, very cool. I'm glad you had time to call in. It's been a long time. I had to get over there and kind of whoop your butt a little bit for being, got,
11: mm-hmm. being gone so yeah. long. But I'm
0: really glad that, you, uh, that you're here tonight. This is very cool.
11: And it's uh, it's more random these days uh, with uh, work and that. Like today, I, that's the thing that sucks about nine, five to nine shifts. Like when I – even though I finish work at nine – The bus comes at 9.33, and then I get home 40 minutes later. So it's 10 o'clock, even though I finish at 9. And that's just, I wish, I'm hoping that someday I have work where, A, you know, it's a 9 to 5 job, and, B, it doesn't take me a a bloody hour to get home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's always fun.
11: Yeah, especially when you're on the bus. Oh, God, I could write a poem about that.
0: So do. (laughs)
11: Yeah, it might be a it'll be another piss offish poem. That's for sure.
0: That's okay, but you can't reference space.
11: (laughs) No, you can't talk about your
0: eye. I can't. I can't reference space, and I can't.
11: Yeah, yeah, eye, 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 eye. (laughs) Third eye, third eye. That mean you mean yeah,
0: yeah. And you can't rhyme life and strife. Those are the three rules for the poem.
11: Life and strife. Okay, I wasn't aware that I, I, I did life and strife a lot. No, but. you
0: don't. I'm just saying. That's one of mm-hmm. the guidelines. You know, I think that they we could do, do a, a whole show on, because 99% <laughs> of the poems I hear, if they use the word, word life, is always followed Past by strife. strife. There has to be other words people <laughs> can use than strife, because it is a very predictable nice. rhyme. Not that it's bad if you've done that. hmm but there has to be a different way. How could we rewrite or how could we come up with a different rhyme or a near rhyme or sound Mm -hmm. rhyme? Or what are different ways we could do that? Because it is a very um, common rhyme usage, I guess is the way to to say it. How else could we do it then to do that? So it's not a common Mm -hmm. rhyme. What other words could be used? How else could it be said? Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you going to read two?
11: That was two. That's,
0: uh Oh. That right was, yeah,
11: I just it was the the first one was like pretty short, so
0: you sneaking sneaking them in on me. Alright. So Robbie, <laughs> I'm glad you were here tonight. Absolute awesome mm-hmm. read. The, the, I have to add the z the in there. Z. <laughs> the. um, check out some of the prompts that I've been posting on my page. You've been gone for a while, but I've been putting some really good ones up there I think that you'll really like. Oh okay. And okay. I'll uh,
11: I'll see uh, I'll see if maybe I can integrate that into Noreen's show because I, I told her uh, hopefully it'll work out. I told her that I'd be on the the June show her June show.
0: So we'll see That's if I can. That's awesome! Congratulations! Yeah. That's going to oh, be fun for her. her. <laughs> She's going to love it, and you will. I almost
11: forgot. Uh, I will. Oh yeah, I will. And uh, this uh, thing is just a practical thing. Uh, for anyone who does workshops, uh, anyth- anything like that, if you use Zoom, they've limited limited it to 40 minutes under the free. So, I think that actually will affect a lot of people because it'll affect teachers. There's still a lot of virtual learning going on, and there's still a lot of people doing workshops. And uh, I think if I find out someone a does a workshop over
0: there and doesn't hasn't done theirs with me yet, I'm going to kick some butt. Just saying, y'all.
11: <laughs> but, yeah, okay, in ahead. all seriousness. 40 minutes yeah it's it's limited to 40 minutes now so anyone who uses zoom uh, you can sigh now in, in frustration and just look it over and figure things out <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome all right Robbie thank you sweetheart are you gonna right. be here next week uh,
11: yes, I can't remember my my schedule right I can't I can hardly remember the next thing I can't remember my schedule right now but I'll try <laughs>
0: Okay, we miss you. We are glad okay. you're here, and great job tonight, okay. baby.
11: Thanks. You bet.
0: You're welcome. All right, Thanks. let's go ahead and jump back up there. Thank you, Mr. Robbie, baby. Hope you had a great birthday last week. Let's go ahead and grab Bob again. Bob, are you with us still? I
4: I still here.
0: And are you going to share one more poem with us tonight, honey?
4: Yeah, I would like to do. This is one was made. This made to help people. Realize they're not really handicapped, okay? Mm-hmm. It's called handicapped. Handicapped, there's no such thing as they have so much to a job bring. There are many things that they can do if given the chance by me or you. I know of one who works for me. He's opened my eyes and made me see. The only one in the world to see that he has in many things the ability. He looked what I needed him to do, and when he started, wonders did ensue. So he did so well, I just knew exactly what I had to do. He was delighted in hearing what I had to say, that he was in charge from today. With tears in his eyes, he said to me, Thank you, sir. I'll make you proud of me. Jim is an epileptic, and so a little in, and a little slow in understanding, but he mm-hmm. does his work it's great. And then I do it a little, a little, uh, and a little word I stick at the end. Handicap is only a word waiting for the door to open to opportunity.
0: How beautiful and inspiring that is! I am so glad that you held on so you were able to hear that, Bob.
4: Well, yeah, I'm very pleased to have said it, too, and I guess you're nearly ready to go.
0: (laughs) Do me a favor, honey, before we have to take off, tell everyone again how to find you.
4: Okay, well, the only thing they're going to look for is Bob Taub, T-A-U-B, on Facebook. I don't belong to any of the others.
0: Awesome. All right, Bob. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for hanging on. Thank you for reading for us again. And thank your beautiful bride once again, Joy, for spending a little bit of time with us tonight. And we will talk to you next week.
4: Okay. Okay. we'll be here.
0: All right. Thank you, sweetheart. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Let's see if we can get Todd back on to read a short one. Are you with us, son?
4: Yeah, I'm still here.
0: Awesome. Do you want to read one more short one?
5: Um, let's see. Is it short? Yeah, sort of, I guess. It's kind of like in the middle.
3: Okay.
5: Um, and I just had it. Okay, here we go. This is called The Flickering Flame. Overpowered by your spell, The Flickering Flame casts you in a vision of smoke-like essence, a shadow dance of beauty, an intrigue, and blown back by your sensual winds, and your caresses soft as I breathe you in. I love the way you speak to me in body language, the lends voice to desire through pleading eyes and sultry, silent lips as we kiss. I'm captivated by your ghost-like billow, like the branches sway of springtime willow. Your seductive touch raises bumps as they graze my skin. Exploring every contour of my wanton flesh is my only travel downward. Slowly, coming to rest on the curve of your back is the flickering flame amidst hypnotic glances of entangled silhouettes in the black. Your half-closed eyes you rock, contemporary with, like the smooth jazz whose notes now command your hips, sensual movements, unrehearsed. I love the wincing pain as your nails pierce my chest. The swell of your nipples as I caress your soft, beautiful breast. I am mesmerized in your straw beauty. Your eyes roll back, your soft moles, as my lips taste the rim of your flowing witch's blue, Wanting not to break from this spell, intoxicating. And the taste is sweet like honey on the vine, every sensation intensified, your warm river of lust in which I now hungrily dive, drowning as you came, as you came, as you came, a beautiful death in the flickering flame. That was intense.
0: That was beautiful, Todd.
5: Well you know you you had to put those you had to put those recordings on there, and I'm like, "Damn, I like this this really good <laughs> so, see, but there's a difference
0: between so, word so porn
7: to, between adult like poetry
0: that. and erotica, and erotica is fine. You can read erotica on this show, you know, but right. there's a difference between saying, "I got on here and I pounded her ass and saying, oh, yeah. oh, you know come on. That's, not, my, that's it not was a poet. flickering that's, flame that's you know so there's a huge difference. I have no problem with erotica. I just can't do the porn, right. adult porn because of well, my no, show rating.
5: I wasn't, I wasn't chastising. you. I was just saying, you put that out there, and I'm like, yeah. damn. Now I got to. Now I got now I want food. to.
1: Read <laughs> <laughs> well, it did because you know I used to write a lot of erotic stuff a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. But,
0: I quit because that's all one, people thought about when I wrote. You know, when they thought of, it took me a long time to get away from that persona right. because of the erotic I well, wrote see, when I first WT started too, writing. Now, uh,
5: and it did me, too. Everybody used to, yeah, you know how it was back in the MySpace days. And you know how it was. we are a, a bunch of horny little about. weirdos. I mean, I mean, we all yeah, were. Yeah, but everybody <laughs> thought that's all I did. But the, everybody thought that's all I did.
0: Yeah. They yeah. didn't
5: see any depth. You know what I mean? They didn't see, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I got away from it. You know what I mean? Because I don't, That's 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 not my whole orbit, you know?
0: And it's really funny because some of my most erotic pieces, like there's um, one I've got called "Confession," that mm-hmm. is, is pretty hardcore.
2: Um, well, I, got, I play it on I've, the show, I've,
0: so it's not hardcore in the like in a porn way, but it's pretty yeah. hardcore. But it's absolutely not about sex at all. It's about the lack of communication between men and women, is what the poem's about.
6: Right.
0: You know, it's right. about how and, men will sit there and say, you know, I can't do that to my wife, and so they go out and have an affair with a woman they can do that to. I can't do that to her mouth. She kisses my baby with that mouth, type of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's about that lack of communication and why marriage right. is split up because of that. So it has nothing to do with sex, but everyone thinks it's a neurotic poem. And, and it, well, you see, it's pretty erotic content.
5: Yeah, but you see what I'm, you see what I was saying in the poet, And in off times. Our words are misconstrued. People don't see, they don't see the metaphor. They don't see the symbolism. They only see what they think they see. You know what I mean? But they get lost always, in the
0: words and lose the context. Yeah,
5: that's not, they, they miss the context. They miss the emotion. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Robbie says, not ass, ass-pounding, poetic, tush-fluttering. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of tush fluttering.
7: <laughs> I I I can't see
5: the I can't see the uh, the 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 uh, right now because I'm I was in my my Samsung notes, you know. Which, as we know, uh, th- th- that's your only alternative because uh, Facebook sure as fuck don't have anything for poets, you know. <laughs> I didn't need nothing, you know what I mean. I miss my space uh-huh. so fucking bad. You have no idea. I'm sorry if I'm swearing. That's okay. I, I That's miss right. it so bad. I do.
0: We have I mature miss rating. Community. You can test.
5: <laughs> I, I, I just miss what we all had. You know what I mean? I really It, it
0: really was a unique time in social oh, media. It was, I mean, basically it really was the birth of social media as we know it today. And it's really evolved into something completely different and even into a business. Yeah, you know, know. it's okay. like you know, yeah. people are people are making millions of dollars and becoming you know billionaires with their content, and it's all a business now, and it's all you know, push, push, push. It's just turning into something very, very different, very different yeah. than what MySpace was. You know, MySpace was like, you know, when you stepped on someone's MySpace page, it was like sitting in the middle of their underwear drawer. Yeah. It was very yeah, intimate, exactly. intimate time. You know, not that it was, it you know, was. not sexy, sexy was. underwear drawer, but just the personal. It was a personal. They yeah, were sitting was inside personal their personal and space and nice, and it was awesome.
5: It was. Yeah, and we all, and we all, we all gravitated towards each other. We all loved each other. We all respected each other. We all, mm-hmm. we all, we all commented on each other. I don't know. I can't even. I miss it so much. That, yeah, that,
0: Tom. I'm telling um, you, Tom. If you're out there. You're God, man. You you there will only ever be one one you you were the first. You You are my hero, dude. <laughs> Tom. Everybody was Tom's friend.
4: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, too
5: bad Tom write. was probably a bot though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that that was a real picture of him. That was really him.
5: Oh, I know. I know. I'm just yep. I'm just laughing because there are so many bots. And Facebook, people randomly that, that, that come out and and you know they're they're single and oh they like you and then two days later their profile's gone because they pissed somebody off and they weren't real to begin with you know what I mean yeah I, I downloaded I downloaded an interesting um, app it's Google it's it's all right it's, so it's like Google identification so if somebody friend requests you. And you share the picture to this Google app that I have. If if they're if they're out on the internet in other words, like some girl tried a friend request me a few weeks ago, come to find out the picture that whoever it was used was a was a porn star. You know what I'm saying?
3: Mhm.
5: <laughs> oh my god. It's, like it's never ending. It's never ending. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
5: Well, it was a great show tonight, and I was happy to come here and read, and I'm going to try and work up a few more something new, you know what I mean?
0: And,
5: uh, and I'll see you next week.
0: Absolutely perfect, sweetheart. Appreciate you, and we will see you then. Keep writing. You're doing great.
5: Thank you, babe.
0: All right, honey. Pre- Thank you, I appreciate
5: Todd. you, too. I appreciate everything
4: you do.
0: I appreciate you so much. We'll talk to you soon, honey. Huh? Thank-
7: all right, then. You have a good
0: night. You too. All right, everyone. You have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. If you missed our prompts and everything at the beginning of the show, the, it will be in the archives here fairly quickly. You can listen to the podcast and jot those down. I'll be putting some information on my page. I'll fill you in all the rest of the stuff at the beginning of next week's show. We will see you then. Until then, I'm closing this show with a piece by the hydro, Hydropods in, in – uh, honor of Mother's Day and all those strong women out there. So here you go. Good night, everybody.
12: My sister is strong of heart and strong of mind. She stands like my mother once stood, proud and on the world. The same world I stand upon, not as proud of myself as I am of them. I speak warmly of women who endure through tenacity and sensibility, creativity and desire, power and awareness, women who persevere and stand proud and on the world. And I avoid women who whine and the ones who point fingers and complain, the ones who chide and blame others for their failures, sexuality or world view. I prefer strong women, ones who leap barriers like real women, not like men or gazelles or bats, but with all the grace and strength of true women. And I like intelligent women, women who know how to hold their own, toe to -to toe against any man or anything that stands on this world. Women with original thought and insight, because that's how I was raised. I prefer strong women, not cat-fighting women, breast-pounding bodybuilders, or cookie-cutter fashion show runway whores, or women who use men as models. Women who know history, who know men are more than a rampaging army of cyclop cocks. Women who know children are more than leverage, who know the world on which they stand and draw power from it. Women who are leaders, women who can process and comprehend, women who are great thinkers. And women who don't like me saying that are probably not that. I like women who can look you in the eye, no pretense, no false flattery, no apologies, no thanks. I've been challenged by many, topped by a few, slapped in the face by some, and shot to hell by a couple in particular, but I still like strong women, no matter what you think. I don't happen to like weak, whiny women, just as I despise weak, whiny men. I can't pretend they're worth my time. If you're a weak woman, blame me now and get it over with. Keep crawling. But if you're a woman who possesses greatness, we have nothing to worry about. You wouldn't let someone like me get in your way anyway. And when I say something good about a woman, and when I say something bad about a woman, take a good look at the woman of which I speak and judge us fairly as you stand or kneel on this earth.